What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 71. Always with you on Thursday, live on Twitch, uh, fucking YouTube. Uh, you'll find this tomorrow on all the other platforms. You can listen to it after it's been recorded. But what up? We're here with you. I'm Anthony, always with my resident homies, Joel, Joseph, and Casey. What up, dudes? What up? And uh, today, we got the homies from Zenith Passage, Justin McKinney and... Derek Ridquist, what's going on, guys? Oh, shit. What's up, dude? What's up, fellas? What's up, internet? Hell How good yeah. is it? Can we talk about that dude. sick intro, dude? Yeah, we were just we were admiring just like... that intro. It was, <laughs> you guys, you it was sick, dude. You guys might know the guy that... Uh, yeah, you might know him. That. Oh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, that yeah. Guy. yeah we, were, we, we were saying, like, who wrote this thing? And I was like, it has to be, like, a group effort. And then it was, like, by Chris. I was like, oh, fuck, that's it's awesome. It's so sick, It was dude. such a great song. <laughs> I know. So, we say it so many. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joseph. I'll just. He sent it to me. Uh, just Guitar Pro. I tabbed out the drums and bass. Sent it back to him, and then he bounced it out with you know get good drums and Euro bass. And then in like a day later, I made the whole video to go along with it. So it was like mostly Chris writing the song and me just adding the 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 rhythms to it. But yeah, that was a fun little project. That, that was sick. Dude. I mean, like even yeah. after just that intro song, I would say the podcast is a success. Yeah, like, <laughs> we, we could just wrap it up yeah, now and it'd be it like now, that was fucking awesome oh, episode. Oh, guys, peace out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, shout out to you know Dreamer, his band, and so you know, they, uh, hell yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, on, yeah. on last Friday to my uh, little birthday party thing at uh, at, the, at the brewery, and uh, they played. Uh, the intro song like to the Kelly that I was like in the bathroom and I they, they played shut the, the fuck intro up, song yeah, was so sick. Was it rec- did you guys get footage basically of the song yeah no uh, I was in the bathroom dude uh, <laughs> you missed uh, it it was David, for you and you missed it David oh, really enjoyed it David Siskin had a lot Hell of fun yeah. watching oh there he is oh, dude Krispy Kreme oh, hey, what's up yeah. what, uh, there he is Sick name, dude. I love Chris that. He's got a Bev in his hand on drink to that song. Bevved up. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, dude. I mean, He's imagine tall, dude. imagine like it being tall. our show and then and, and then you get this thing and it's just like, oh dude, this is exactly <laughs> perfect yeah. for our show, dude. It's like it's it so kind of sums up the styles of like all the four bands that we started with. And yeah, dude. That that that, that question everybody asked about that. It's at the end, you see his name, but we're gonna start. We just gotta do it every single time. Christopher Beatty, dude. Fucking hit well, that. We're talking to have you on, Chris, as a guest, you know. Hell yeah, dude. We've right had post party post pod parties with him, but when <laughs> only one of the bands you're in got an episode, then you could do it. But until then. Yeah. <laughs> but that that shirt you're wearing, man. If if you look at my computer, I've had the the Dreamer band camp tab open since I met Chris at where where do we meet him at the between the barrier yeah, the show, show with with Joel yeah. and Joseph? Yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Legendary. That was such night. a pleasant surprise. I didn't even know that you were in town, Joel. I was like, oh, yeah. damn, well, what? Uh, what's it called? Uh, Trevor's band Warship, which is actually you know uh, Warship from uh, Fate Thirteen, dude. You remember Fate Thirteen? Yeah, right? yeah, Josh. Jim, yeah, Josh in the Jim Danny days, Stoner Rock band. I guess uh, so. Trevor joined it about I don't know about a, six months ago. So he was just finishing up tour. Right in LA, the like the day before the BT Bam show, playing one of my probably my favorite BT Bam record, uh, Great Misdirect, all the way through. And I'm like, let's fucking, I'll go pick you up there. We'll you know go out to a show. Me, Derek, he, Justin met up and stuff, and and Joseph and and Chris and stuff. And it was like fucking so sick. That little venue was sick. It was like quiet, like but it was good. Yeah, right? it was super quiet. That little amphitheater. 
Yeah, it's like a quiet amphitheater. It's like it's almost going to be like in the future. It's going to be like those quiet like raves where everyone's got their headphones on. Oh man, that's weird, dude. I know it's so weird to watch without them. But yeah, I got I got this link set to me today. I think it's happening tomorrow down in LA. There's a a Shrek rave. It's like a Shrek themed rave. (laughs) And like the flyer is so funny. It's it's Shrek with like the the raver gloves. You know how they have like lights on them, so you can do like. And then it says like. Being cool is over. Just have fun. Shrek yeah. rave. That's so sick. And I was like, that sounds fucking awesome. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Being cool is over. Like, <laughs> nothing is more relatable in my in my life right now than that statement. Oh yeah, dude. We also fucking uh, like we saw what's it called? Uh, Sophalic at a uh, Psycho Fest. That was fucking sick too to see them playing. What was the last time they played? Like, was the tour that like we were on together? Like. So probably yeah super yeah, yeah. long fucking time ago that's literally what I, brought me out i was like fuck it they're gonna play like i have to go now you know it's like what's happening next i was pretty fortunate to get into that show i was just like <laughs> I, I went to vegas without a ticket and i was like i'm just gonna vibe it out hey great 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 team over there in yeah, vegas yeah. but uh i managed to like undercover sneak through there and <laughs> caught the bands I wanted to see. And yeah, the follow-up was definitely you, like, like you, the crowning achievement in. for me. Yeah, you I snuck, snuck in, in to the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I remember you had the intent of like, doing that. Right, I, I was watching like the the entry point, and I was like there with a couple buddies, and the flight from LA to Vegas was literally twenty dollars. So I was like, I'm not going to buy a ticket for the show, but I'll, I'll go hang out, and then I'll like drop them off and go to the movies or something, and then. I just was watching the door and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll see what happens. And I just grabbed my beer and I, I drank it. <laughs> so I was walking through and there I was. I, I know that's not like a great role model thing to say so early into this show, but you know, <laughs> what, what happens in Vegas, I guess should have just stayed there, but I, I snuck into the show. I'm gonna pay this year though. Cause I want to see, Emperor. I'm gonna pay this year though. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna pay no this, emperor. Yeah. Like I can't, Last it's time like a, I was in Vegas, I snuck into a show, and it was Chris Beatty who guided me in. Hell yeah. <laughs> Much respect. Hell yeah. Well, I remember the yeah, Defton show, actually. No. Sorry, one more sneaking in story was on right, that tour. I think it was on that Summer Slaughter tour. Were you on that Animals as Leaders Summer Slaughter? With, uh, that was in Salt Lake City, right? Yep. 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 And like, like basically, we were going with Red Cord. It was Red Cord and a couple members. Of, it was like Nick and Steve Asafalic. And they're like, just come in. You'll sneak in. It's fine. I was like, fuck. Like, I knew a Deftones show. We're like <laughs> walking in. It's straight up just like, like you're getting like the whole full like shakedown walking through security. I'm like, dude, there's no way I'm going to get into this. And uh, Steve's like, he turns around. He's like, all right. So I'm going to sh- start talking to the f- person at the front door. And I'm going to turn her back. And then you and Nick are, are going to fucking run in. <laughs> <laughs> and we just, we just did. And we just went to the middle, the very front of the crowd. We just like. Just ran to the middle of the crowd and we were fucking in. And then we got backstage and everything. It was a crazy night. But yeah, it just took the confidence of like, fuck it. Let's just show like show your laminate real quick. Be like, fuck it. You know, something mm-hmm. emergency's happening. We need to get you know. <laughs> emergency's yeah, <totally>. happening. Some <laughs> guy told me this is like not even metal touring related. Some other. And he's like, just go on your phone and be like, what do you mean we're out of medium shirts? And walk through the front door. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. That's pretty smart. Holy shit. Or like the that one. Like we're one... supposed to show up at the hotel this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Some, like some degree of officiality in your voice and yep. 
Confidence is yeah, key. Confidence, you know? dude. I've gotten into so many situations just by walking confidently past <laughs> security. Yeah. And then they try to pull your back, and you're like, what? You'll know. <laughs> Here's a, another story about confidence. Now that we're talking about this, you just made me think about Pat Kenny. So we were doing uh, Kill Tony two shows in one night. And so for some reason, they had to load out everybody and then load you back in. But if you were there, if you bought two tickets, you should still have priority. But anyways... Everybody gets loaded out. And we're like, where the fuck's Pat, dude? Well, all right, whatever. And then we get back inside and he was just like walking around by himself inside the inside Cobb's Comedy Club. And we're like, what the fuck, dude? And he's just like, I just asked some chick for coffee, dude. And she just went and got me coffee. And then I just walked <laughs> around yeah. drinking coffee. Yeah, like a, you know, like I just one person up. like, oh, just look like you're supposed to be there. That's all. Right. Exactly. But people at underground death metal shows should probably like, Support, yeah, support, yeah. support the scene, y'all. Yeah, we're talking about support. <laughs> Gas is like six bucks a gallon. We yeah, we're, to, oh, we're talking about like support at a hundred dollars to get in or like it or more, you know. So <laughs> those like, expensive ones. Then I, agree I, I, I think that's like a general public service announcement. Okay. So like, if you go see bands on tour, guys, like help them buy that merch because they need it right now. That yeah, if you're gonna sneak in, buy a shirt. No joke. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna sneak yeah. in, buy yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. Yeah, just yeah. give it straight to the band just be like yeah well that is actually a better way of putting money in the pocket i guess but well you know speaking of which nicole just rated the cali death podcast oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. shout yeah. out to nicole. Nicole. shout out nicole fuck yeah nice. thank you what's up so then we should just jump into it then guys so uh this is the zenith passage episode so we're let's start with justin justin if you watch the show, I don't know if you have, but we like to go oh, back yeah. as far as you possibly can, dude. Take us back in that that DeLorean, fly us back <laughs> to, uh, to fucking childhood when music clicked with you and it became something more important than just, well, we'll, you know, whatever. We'll take the Zenith Passage. Yeah, get there. Dude, nice. Damn, I like it. I like it. Nice. Damn, I don't have my... Uh, yeah, that needed, that needed some like... <laughs> Or something. <laughs> on my soundboard on. Nicole, if you're on the raid, like do do some sound effect for that. Yeah. <laughs> Channel it. Uh, um, so I guess it started there we, uh, go. there we go, yeah. Where where did music start? Um I don't know, I, I guess uh took place back in eighty eight. Uh, yeah. uh my my mom went to a Eddie Van Halen concert when I was in the womb, so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't there know. you go. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, don't know, I think because I'm surrounded by like a really musical, you know, family. Um, my uncle was like a, a drummer and then like my other uncle was a guitar player. So I've always surrounded by like hard rock and music of like, you know, Prague and stuff like that. So always surrounded. So it only made sense to, I guess, go that route. Um, start off on drums. I'm um, like when I was like 10 or something and like I picked up a guitar and then I just kind of was having more fun with that. And then I figured out how to read tabs. And then next thing you know, I'm like downloading tabs and using guitar, guitar pro. And then just kind of like trying to figure out how to write music. Through Remember guitar the first pro. song you learned on tabs? On tabs? The tabs, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, just like the know. first song that made you like you, you the first cover you did or riff that you did where you're like, oh shit, I could fucking play this. Like understanding tabs. Remember when you fi- like finally get tabs? You're like, oh shit, this is a fucking oh one. Like I'm yeah. Like, for me, it was a uh, Deftones shove it. But yeah, that was like I was like, whoa, dude. Like you just follow the numbers, dude. Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> it's it's like so it was like a, kind of a learning curve. But like yeah, I learned it in uh, remember Guitar World. They had like the tab section and like towards the yep. back of the magazine. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd, yeah. I'd always like my uncle would just give me stacks of guitar roll because he had a subscription. So I'd like go through and just to find the songs that I liked and then just kind of learn like them, like like the riffs that they had in there. Like I remember Ozzy was some like some uh, was, like Bark at the Moon. Mm-hmm. And then like because my uncle was like a, a big uh, prominent figure in directing me towards like metal. The so uncle. like I was I had the uncle too, dude. Yeah, he, they're always the uncles that guide you. But you figure um, we, that's kind of like what we're finding is like either it's been a parent, an uncle, or a bigger brother of a friend, or a bigger brother. Those yeah. are like the four main things. The dad's not so much, but I've heard a few guys say like my path of music was handed to me from my dad, and you're like, oh shit, dude, your dad turned you on a rush. That's fucking dope. Yeah, isn't that? I think Scott was saying something like that, right? His dad like kind of got him yeah, hooked that, on on yeah. Tool or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what yeah. it was. Tool, totally. Yep. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that, like, when you look back on it, like, yeah, your family like plays a massive role in your musical journey. Mm-hmm. Even, it's pretty even pretty Joel, crazy to think about. Didn't your dad like? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like it was classic rock, and but he was like my older brother. I had an older brother that was like playing uh, Andreas, death yeah. metal like in '92 in the living room, and we were just like, my yeah. dad was like, "Fuck this shit, shit sucks." That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Till till ooh no dude, yeah 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 great for sure yeah I, I owe metal and heaviness to uh, to my older brother mm-hmm. I remember nice. Rad. at um like once upon the cross um, dusk in her embrace mm-hmm. uh, cradle of filth mm-hmm. trying to think of like oh, he yeah. was more into I like crust punk and like like DB punk but then there was like some crossover and I, I think I'm having this memory again for the first time, at least in the last year or two, but like that Slayer record undisputed attitude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had that. And now I was like, this is the fucking best Slayer record. And then I'm, I like discovered it was punk covers and I was like into punk at the time when I heard it. And that was like a big crossover moment for me. And I was like, oh, okay, this is like, if they made punk better, it would sound like this. Then mm-hmm. I got like way more interested in metal. Totally. I mean, that's a nice classic bridge punk. I mean, uh, where, like, where else? I mean, you get punk, you got, you know, the hair metal shit, but it's like you always end up wanting that, that more extreme. We're chasing the dragon, guys. That's all we're doing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Still, we constantly are. <laughs> and, but yeah, these are now, all now we're just chasing epitaph. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's the thing. That's like, so funny. It, we're the old guys like, dude, remember that Chasing weed we got back in 95, dude? It was fucking the killer. I think I reference Epitaph at least once a week. Like, it has to be. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the, the riff Bible, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just it's like a, it's like a jazz today. standard for death metal. Like it's like yes, like, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Carrie on the phone today. We we're talking about solo recordings, and we we're talking about Epitaph. Literally, like a few hours ago. It's yeah, crazy. yeah. It's definitely one of the cleanest recordings I've ever heard. But anyway, so oh, Justin, yeah. 
fucking so you're getting into like hair metal so starting to jam some tabs so what goes on from there uh i think it I, yeah like like just like you were saying chasing the dragon it's like okay i need something faster now and something heavier because it's like you get stuck in that vein of priest and maiden like remember painkiller was like man this song's so heavy dude like is there more stuff out there like that mm-hmm. and then it's like finding children bodum and then like it's kind of like it's like a gateway drug dude like <laughs> like iron so maiden was and, like high school for you was when you were discovering all that uh i think like prior Cause like okay. I I feel like I went through phases like I think some guitar players like my age probably go through these phases where it's like they'll have like an ACDC phase and they'll learn all that shit and then from there Metallica from Metallica to Megadeth Megadeth to Priest or you know Maiden so like I was going through in like in junior high like learning all these uh, riffs and songs through you know like the guitar uh, magazine the guitar uh, pro magazine or guitar world guitar magazine. world yeah yeah. So I was going through learning all this stuff and then yeah, finding out like from there, like Children of Bodom. And then like, I remember like hearing Meshuggah on like Headbangers Ball. Um, and then like- The Stanga video? Yeah, that Stanga video. I'm like, yeah. dude, what is this? This is like fucking crazy. And then like the Dahlia video, like Unhollowed. And then mm-hmm. I think like from there, I just kind of just opened the gates to extreme like metal music. Were, yeah, definitely. So did, did you have any friends that were on the same path with you at the time or were you kind of just discovering it all on your own? I think I think I was, I don't really think, I mean, I had friends who were like scratching the surface of metal, but like mm-hmm. I was like, already so much into it that like I was just desperately trying to find more. Um, and I think I just threw like, um, through like Headbangers Ball and then MySpace, like MySpace had a massive influence on like my music taste. Mm-hmm. Hell I mean, that's yeah. how I found out about the faceless is through MySpace and yep. then like Arsis and then like Severed Savior and then like fucking all those bands is through MySpace. And then, um, I don't know, like it's crazy to think how much the internet has played a role in like me as a musician and like a music lover. Mm-hmm. What year were you born? I was born in 88. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're my brother's age. So you're just a little bit younger than us. Um, yeah, it, that, that, that being much more prominent for just a little like just a little bit younger than us the internet was way more prominent for you guys you know like being 11 i think i think the internet was just as prominent for us we just had to wait a lot longer for it to boot totally yeah, yeah. Yeah, for like, and it was, know, but like, it was just infantile at the time. You know? All I knew about the internet was that I could play Diablo two on it. Oh, <laughs> <really>? yeah, dude, <laughs> exactly. that's all it was used for. Yeah, I mean, there was like, I mean, for us, it was started with the message boards. It was the SMN forums. There was like forums. Oh man, I remember like, that. Yeah, yeah like go in there and like talk shit or you know whatever you wanted to do because we were all figuring out the internet at the same oh, time. Oh, that was some like, super healthy conversation. <laughs> I know it's, not, yeah. it's like when yeah. it's like when you first found out about trolls totally. and stuff was through uh, the yeah. was through all that you know. But well, yeah, that's where they started. Space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably the, the, the birthplace of the internet troll. Yeah, it's like their Man. name's like fucking just like one word is their name like they're just like they're just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man they just grew out of forums like you know like in little pods just like these trolls yeah i remember yeah, smn I mean. news was sick sorry i didn't mean to cut you off oh no no, no, no not at sure. all dude no, you no, was sick in the beginning yeah it, well first yeah, of all you're like, the guest you can cut us off anytime you want we don't care <laughs> you guys you have the upper knife so just dude, you just might have us, a harder time cutting cut me us. off because i just end up filibustering dude i, I will always <laughs> yeah if you guys stop if you guys start talking i will just shut up immediately so don't worry 
Yeah, I was going to say about SMN News, it's like where I found a lot of tabs for like extreme music too. Like I remember I found out about Spawn of Possession through SMN News and like, because I remember just going through the the tab section and finding like, oh, Spawn of Possession, Scorch, what is this? And then like opening up in Power Tab and like, what the fuck is this, dude? So then I like search for the band and like I remember like that SMN was the only place I found Severed Savior tabs too. It was in <laughs> with the Power Tab version. You know where where I found out about Spawn of Possession was Joel Horner <laughs> in high school with a burned copy of Cabinet. Yeah, that was a was that was a pretty like cutty thing to have in like 2001 or whenever like it yeah, came yeah. out. You were no, ahead of the curve on on the Spawn train. It was almost like I mean. I knew it was amazing. It was one of those things that was so over my head, but I just knew it was amazing. I was it's like, like still probably over all of our heads. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, my, it's my favorite Spawn album still. I mean, probably because of nostalgia and stuff too, but it just like the way, even like a lot of people like, uh, like touring with Black Dahlia, they were, I, was, I remember Trevor going like, oh, I, I love them, my favorite band, but the recording, I just can't get behind. And I was, and I was like, dude, I love that recording. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's dude. got this like rawness, like weird. It's, it's got its own feel to it. And like, it's actually kind of how Justin plays nowadays with like kind of low, low gain. Yeah, yeah, low yeah. gain stuff. Like, I remember uh, immediately getting like obsessed with it and emailing the fucking recording engineer. And I was like, what amps did you use? What's going on? Like, what's going on with this tone? I don't understand how you got it. And he's like, I, I think it was a triaxis. It was a Mesa Yeah, triaxis. Yep, I remember yeah, that. Like just super low gain, and like we wanted to get the lowest gain we could so all the notes could sing through. And I was like, huh? Exactly. I was like fucking just. I was going to like fucking like you know I'm not like right out of high school. I'm just going to like nine. Exact gain. opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm just like cutting all the meds out, just going nine. I'm like it's fucking heavy, dude. It's fucking. Sick. <laughs> yeah, dude. But I was uh, the opposite. Of, I was talking to Dennis, of, you know, last week and stuff, and uh, I told him that. <laughs> Cabbage. You didn't. You didn't stop talking. You, I didn't stop. To yeah, I to catch you, up. <laughs> you last thing you said was like, "I'll stop, man." Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't know you were sorry. Justin. I'm sorry. What happened? Oh, Justin was talking. Oh, I was just saying. Speaking of low gain stuff, uh, that Aeon bleeding the false record, dude. Oh yeah, totally. That one is insanely low gain. You yeah. gotta get Aeon on this podcast. I know, dude. For sure. That would be sick. I'm super down. Fuck yeah, Aeon. <laughs> it's funny how it peters out like that. Sometimes you're like, "What do we do from here?" There's not much more to say. It's yeah, like Aeon, they should get on here. I think I think we've all got some questions for them. Like I've never. EP, that's where I got in on that first EP. That first EP is sick as fuck, dude. What's it called? The I think it's first Aeon EP. It's not bleeding. The There's false. something before bleeding the false. Or yeah, bleeding, is that the EP? No, it's a full that's, length. Uh, um, metal blade. Yeah, there's a there's an EP before. Oh, they were on so they were on Unique Leader. So we we. Uh, oh, that's right. Reading the false is on Unique Leader. Yeah, right? that's right. It's, and it's then released before on that, Leader. there's an, there's an EP that was before they signed Unique Leader. Dark Order. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had shit. no idea. Yeah, I, I had no I idea. Heard it. I'm a poser. Yeah, dude, I definitely need to hear it because <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling like a big poser too. I'm gonna mute my mic. All right, I'm gonna go nope. now. We all, we all found out about Aeon on tour with Diesel Flesh because you know Diesel Flesh owned Unique Leader and they were just like do this new band like Aeon check it out and like we were, I remember backstage at a uh, at uh, Corona at fucking Showcase and and uh, they're like dude this band's gonna be fucking the sickest new thing and I remember they uh, first <laughs> first song they play us 
is that country uh, God Gives oh, yeah. Heaven? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. So <laughs> so I was like, and that's like the first song I heard by them. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sick, dude. <laughs> that's actually awesome, dude, because then the that. next yeah. song you heard was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. No, totally. That's, that's a big influence for, for like, not to jump way ahead, but for Zenith and like Surruption, Eon, a lot of those bands oh, are yeah, big dude. influences in, in your kind of circles, right? Yeah, the Swedish metal scene, dude. It's like, I always go back to like Scandinavian, man. They always were ahead of their time, I feel like. In oh. in all corners of, of heavy music, too. Like black metal and fucking like prog metal. Yeah, everything. Like everything good comes out of Scandinavia. Yeah, you love Opeth. I love I Opeth. Love Opeth. Joel yeah, loves that's my Opeth. Favorite, man. We all love like, Opeth. Like fucking A, man. Those people, yeah. something going on up there that's just like the right level you know of what? oxygen or something i don't know <laughs> right amount of clouds you know what i heard right amount of oxygen and melancholy a, i think it's a I, I one one explanation i heard is mandatory music classes in like a particular generation so mm. all the swedish kids were like at least schooled enough to be able to like play pretty well and that's mm-hmm. why like the 90s scene flourished so well there that's like Makes one sense. story I've that's heard. really i've never heard that that's super interesting yeah I read the Swedish death yeah. metal book, which is a great book that everyone should check out. Um, it doesn't explain it that way. That's like not part of that story. So it's not like everywhere you say or you read about it, they're going to say that. I'm trying to remember where I first heard that. But I mean, yeah, I'm a big It's Swedish just called metal Swedish fan, death so. metal? The book? Yeah, it's the name of the book, dude. Oh, the, <laughs> the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, I always heard like, I mean, a lot of like the... I mean, there's like, you know, at the gates and stuff with, uh, you know, like the, a lot of their songs are basically like, you know, Suicide Nation and stuff like that. And I always read that, you know, because of the low amounts of sunlight they get, they're not getting vitamin D or something like that. And it's more of a depressed kind of like repressed, depressed kind of area because of the like a lot. There's a lot more depression over there because there's not enough sunlight. You know, I've read that somewhere before. And that's why well, it, yeah. it was the number one suicide place in the world was was Sweden for a while. And that's where yeah. that became a thing. That's why the song Suicide Nation and things from uh, At the Gates were coming out like that. But I've I've gone kind of deep back in the day into it. But yeah, it's something to do with with that is it's just a fucking random well, theory. Lack of vitamin D. I mean, Seattle, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're all true. Depressed up there too. That is true. They're not all. I'm saying that's just been the, like the thing that is known is that it's higher rated in areas where there's not a lot of sunlight. We need the sun. We if we need star. the sun, dude. <laughs> we need our star, dude. It gives us vitamins through our skin. Come on, guys. It makes total sense, guys. Get on. I mean, board. we get a lot of it down here in LA, and I I, I guess I'm hanging in there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God you're not in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, protect yeah. Eddie Vedder at all costs. He's like the last know, right? dude who's alive in that scene. I, yeah, I didn't even put that really together, too. Is like the depressed yeah. grunge era came out of there, too. And it's just like, what the it's fuck, like dude? It Cobain, makes... Chris Cornell. Yeah, they're all Wayne dead, Staley. dude. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Suicide. It's crazy, man. Sun, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it really is. Even though they didn't that, live dude. there, dude, they still didn't get enough sun. After they moved on, they still didn't get enough sun, I guess. Affected their umbrella, life. It was like walking around with umbrellas all the time. I knew it was bad. You're going to have to put like one of those, um, like, this is not medical advice advisories <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. before this episode. We are point. not doctors. At not all. a medical professional. I'm going to get those. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think the sun has something to do with attitude. Mm-hmm. Okay, Justin's 
Justin's leaving the room. We can talk shit now. You guys need any dirt? <laughs> He'll be right back, but we have like a, a small window to talk shit. What kind of shampoo does he use, do you think? That's some beautiful... Dude, he just moved into this apartment. I haven't had a time to rifle through uh, his his drawers and stuff yet. Yeah, he, There's no drawers on this desk. I can't like see what he's hiding. He was telling me, actually, we did a little sound check earlier, and he was telling me that... Uh, he was playing acoustically and got a fucking sound complaint already from a neighbor. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, yeah. that's rough. I think yeah. the walls are, are quite thin as they are want to be down here. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I just had to 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 um, talk to my neighbor. I love the guy, but it sounded like he's been slamming his door and it was driving me nuts. And I finally had to be like a fucking old guy and be like. Can you can you keep an eye on that, brother? <laughs> I felt so bad. Like give him knuckles at the end. Yeah, it's like <laughs> good talk, dude. Let's have a drink sometime. <laughs> Is that the, uh, an apartment building that you're in? That, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. me and him in it too. So it's like uh, you know who's slamming for sure. Yeah, oh, I don't think he was. It's just like our place is poorly built. So is it um, the same place that I went to when I went, when I saw Opeth? No, that was 2014, I think. No, that was that was one apartment ago. That was a complex, dude. That was like literally it was Ryan, it was Bart from. Yeah, Bart that was the yeah, sickest Black complex. And it, it was, was me, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, my good buddy Sean. Shout out if you're listening. He just had a kid a few months ago, so he's Hell probably yeah. not listening. Um, <laughs> and then Ryan slash Bart from Black Dahlia, and then Shout Brandon out. Brandon Giffen who plays bass in the Zenith Passage. Shout you might out. know him Shout from out, yeah. uh, his days in the Faceless or Cynic. Um, yeah. Well, Ben. So we just had like the sickest. It was almost like a Seinfeld situation where like the doors were open <laughs> and we could just like walk into each other's apartments at all times. And yeah, it was, it was Kramer, dude. It was a really good time living there. <laughs> yeah, who was the Kramer guy? Yeah, who was the Kramer dude? Who was probably me, if anybody. <laughs> yeah. Like in. those guys were too lazy, like to walk across the courtyard to, to come over. <laughs> so we like have to you. go over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that was definitely I could like literally see into their apartment though from mine. We were just like Damn. directly across from each other with a window. Do you guys ever get the the soup cans with the wire like the string? They went down. You get, like they're haters. Or you can like throw over hamburgers on like a hook, like, it, like a zip line. <laughs> it's like or you could walk like literally through th- twenty five seconds and be there. Like, like, Too oh, much work, man. Yeah, doing you got to just use too. a zip line. Oh, me and Trevor, we live together, and like I'll he'll be in his other room, and we're just texting like each other, like <laughs> <laughs> just like trying to keep each other's privacy, keep it, you know, but like still like, hey, what are you doing? Dude? What's going on? But uh, so yeah, so uh, fucking Mersey right there. I didn't Mersey, dude. Shout Mersey, out dude. Jedi Grind, another uh, six supporter of the metal community, and plays bass in Cyber Savior. Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, he just That's got the Mersey dog. right here. I gotta get yeah, me one. Where can I order one of these things? Where can you get one of these? You I don't know, man. One, think... Are we gonna have these at the merch table? Can I buy one <laughs> on our shows? When, when do we have them? May? That information will be disclosed for you at a later time, Derek. Yeah, <laughs> you're, gonna get a, you're gonna get a message in about like 28 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, let's get back I'll take a message. Now. Let's get back into Justin. So yeah, we got to hear Justin's origin yeah, story. Yeah, well, because well, we like to hear about pre, you know, Zenith Passage bands and stuff. We, and we I want to know the whole story, dude. So like, who's the first? When did you start playing with other humans? Well, I, I got 
um, I got my start playing with other people through my uncle because he was a drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my on my dad's side because I grew I did some growing up in the South in Alabama. Uh, so like I'd always go to my uncle's house on the weekend and like he'd be playing drums and I was just learning how to play guitar. So like he'd always put on the um, Alice in Chains Unplugged album. Remember remember that album? <laughs> oh fuck! And oh, okay. like. He would just jam to it, and then like I just try to like hear out the the notes and kind of jam with them, and then I started like learning how to play these songs, and then like I'm jamming with my uncle. So at a young age, like ten, eleven, I was just like kind of jamming like to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, Such a good and album, then, dude. Yeah, dude, it's so good. Um, and then from there, I just yeah, like the tab reading, and then I think I got to a point where I was like uh, starting high school bands, uh, and then like I joined my first like real band uh the art of torture it was like a grind band um back in the early 2000s um we we actually played shows with taste of blood a long long time ago really with yeah. two two blank of blank bands yeah or yeah. the blank of blank <laughs> yeah rather yeah so that was like that was a that was pretty cool too so uh yeah like i mean even joel haston like who who he used to book us like a shout long, long Joel. time ago. Shout out yeah. Joel. Is dude. that how you say his last name? I've known that guy for like 20 years and I always thought it was Haston. I go Easton back and Haston. forth. I go back and forth. All right. It's interchangeable. Whatever. Like I'm Ridquist or Ridequist, whatever. You, That's what I thought it was going to be. Ride I would never Quist correct anybody. It's fine. Ridequest. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it it's still cool that way too, dude. Ridequest, dude. I'm on a it, ride quest. We toured with some with a Swedish band, Necrophobic, and um, they were lukewarm to us. For the whole tour, and then they found out I had a Swedish last name, and we're like bros, and they're like, "Ridqvist." <laughs> like taught me how to pronounce it properly, and we were just fucking partying. Once they found out I had a Scandinavian last name, <laughs> that's so funny, dude. That's in the that's all you need. That's all you need to break it's up the end. Swede, dude, just fucking have a little taste in their country of yourself yep. in their country. <laughs> I felt all sick because I I filled in for Surreption and they're Swedish, so by people who didn't know who I was would just assume I was Swedish. I felt I felt pretty cool. Little <laughs> McKinney, that's Swedish, right? That's <laughs> uh, sc- yeah, sc- very Swedish. Even though I'm like I got like what like thirty percent Scandinavian, I don't know, twenty three in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm kind of Scandinavian, I guess. But yeah. Right, you're jamming Alice in Chains. Yeah, Allison oh yeah, I'm just going all over the place here. Um, yeah, I was jamming with my uncle, then tab reading got into there, and then that band, The Art of Torture. Um, and then from there is when I quit that band and then was going to school for music and then started doing a recording project um, just for shits and giggles. And at this time, I was like very, very much into Bay Area death metal. I mean, I still am, but I think I had just discovered like like that Deeds of What's to Come record in oh, yeah. 20, oh, yeah. like 2000, 2009? No, it came yeah. out, when did that come out? Yeah, in 2009. Been, something around there. came yeah. out in 08. 08, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think 09 was like, 08 and 09 was like. Those, oh, What's to Come is so insanely those, good. Like those years of Death yeah. Model was like peaked, dude. Um, But like I was like heavily into that and like I just, like wrote some songs like I was like learning how to use Cubase and then learning how to program drums through like Superior Drummer and then I just kind of made my own little song at first and then I called my friend Greg Hampton shout out Greg Hampton uh he lived in the same complex as me um so I asked him because he was a vocalist in the scene too in uh Bakersfield um did some growing up there 
Jerry's Pizza. Remember Jerry's Pizza? <laughs> Wait, um, heard about enough it. there. Oh, Jerry's yeah. Pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't remember how many times I played there, but definitely have I, eaten the pizza. I remember <laughs> yeah. seeing the Faceless for the first time at Jerry's when you guys did that tour with Arsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in, that's in the first time Index. I played there. Yeah, and uh, I remember James was like, like on the mic, and he's like, "Man." I just ate this pizza, and I just, he's like, like, I I feel like, I feel like shit, man. So he's like, like, I'm just going to try to get through the set. (laughs) I thought it was the funniest shit ever. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's some shit that's gone down at Jerry's. I remember there was like a show where, uh, actually, Abigail Williams was on the show. It was All Shall Perish Mm. and Abigail Williams. And uh, my, one of my local bands opened this band called uh, City, and it was like a, like a, I guess a Cybreed wannabe thrash band. C I T Y. C I T I. Like Citibank. Yeah. Sponsored by. Yeah, that was like before it was like all popular. <laughs> Sponsored by it. Um, and I remember like something happened with the promoter and uh, the merch guy for ASP just like Spartan kicked the promoter and then like <laughs> dude, I remember like this like massive riot just happened in the alley right there. And it like looked oh, like some out of a Family Guy episode because just random people just started joining, and like the next thing you know, like dude, like people like, off the street, yeah, dude, just random people, and then like these like crazy <laughs> like, yeah, these skinheads came in there, and then like these uh, like looked out dudes started fighting, like it was just it turned into like a massive like riot, dude. And I'm, just, like, I'm trying to get my stuff out of the venue, dude. <laughs> Probably trying to buy a shirt or something, yeah. like. <laughs> but man, oh man, curious, dude. But yeah, going back to Jerry's. going back to Greg, uh, like I had Greg come by, and then he just I uh, kind of just fucked with patterns, and then he like started tracking vocals with me, and then we was re- it was Greg like a rapper before? Because no. his patterns are fucking crazy, man. I'm trying to learn them, <laughs> and like <laughs> I got I got, I got, oh, a, I got a question. I got a girlfriend question right here. Ooh. Does Jerry's Pizza count as our first interaction? Oh, what, that's right. Were you in the fight, Nicole? She was in the fight. Yeah, she's the <laughs> she one who fucking kicked everyone me. Up. <laughs> yeah, she, she punched me you. in the face. Uh, no, she actually was... Um, I saw her when she played... Nicole Papastavru. Uh, I saw her when she played in... Um, what's that Suffocate. band called? Hoods? Not, not Hood, Suffocate, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, she played at Jerry's. And I remember going to that show, and I'm like, wow, it's a girl playing like guitar. It's pretty sick. Fast forward like 15 years later, she's my girlfriend now. I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> so it's like, it, <laughs> but it's like cool, like, you know, how that has kind of that turned cool. out. Like, we've kind of oh, just yeah. slowly like crossed paths over through the scene. Like, no, I have to like, ask decade. you. So, do you guys, do you guys just sit on the couch, watch TV with your guitars, and you're just like noodling around while you're watching TV? No, I think we've gotten to a point now where we, we actually like to dedicate our time to like finishing episodes instead of like, yeah, noodling around. Yeah. But, yeah. um, Does but Netflix like, and shred Netflix <laughs> and shred. Yeah. But we do have like a lot of nerd talk sessions and we get, we get off on like going through like really technical things like going through DAWs and then talking about technique and then watching videos about technique and then just super nerd shit. That's awesome, while also dude. like having That's awesome. like a passion for like, you know, hard metal music so it's like a very uh fucking awesome like girlfriend to have you know to be able to share all that with so you know shout yeah, out nicole very niche like uh common interests you know and you guys <laughs> like full-on 
in it. Oops, so it's like, that's cool that you guys <laughs> found each other and you guys can, you know, <laughs> feed off of that and oh, like, totally. give, give each other back and forth energy. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a crazy synergy we have. Cause it's like, we hype each other up and, and like, we have like a project that we're working on. It's kind be of one been, of my questions. Yeah, we have like, it's like, she, she turned me on the eight strings. Um, I haven't really fucked with eight strings and then, cause she's an eight string player. And then mm -hmm. she like kind of got me involved with eight string. Cause I realized like the compositional range of uh, an eight string is like very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we started vibing and writing songs together at, during the pandemic and then through her showing me, uh, uh, yeah, I taught her a TCP song too, which is fucking awesome. Like, how can you like your girlfriend can play one of your songs? Like, think it's fucking Jesus, sick, yeah. dude. Like, what a uh, trip, dude. That's a trip. Um, so like, yeah. And then I got her involved on a six string, which is something she hadn't done in like ten years. Uh, so like, she she's now like heavily involved with six string stuff. So it's yeah, it's so like what, this. So is this like a banjo or something? Like, why? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah, but that yeah, neck I, must feel weird as shit to drop to a six string after what you said I know. ten years. Yeah, she. I, I believe like how how long were you playing eight string? Like she, I think she jumped from like she was in a seven string. I, I don't even know. I think back in Suffocate they played on six strings, even hoods, because she was in hoods too. Oh damn. Um, Fuck. yeah. So she's like she's like been started. She's been in the scene since she was like eighteen. You guys should do the podcast with her. I'd love to have her on because now I'm Boys. starting to want to ask her questions. Awesome. Right? <laughs> Nicole, were you ever in Hoods when Naveen was in Hoods? Sick. I think she was in Hoods after yeah. Naveen. Okay. Shout out Naveen. Shout out Naveen. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I remember Hoods was always playing with the Animosity back in the day, right? Like, mm -hmm. When they were like, really, like, really young. I remember they were like opening. Like West Coast Hoods. Worldwide. A lot of shows in Sacramento. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well, uh, so let's get into uh, so that that band that you were playing with that played with Taste of Blood. What was it called again? The Art of What? The Art of Torture. It's like a grindcore band. Yeah, so, we're ahead of that, dude. We're we're at the intro to hey. Zenith. Yeah. What's up? Um, sorry, yeah, we're about to we're about to enter the the passage now, dude. You've got into the end. Oh, <laughs> yes, finally. Right as I right as I have to piss. All right, so, dude. dude. Joel, just go. Maybe Joel should go pee first before we. No, no, no. Well, no. I'm, I'm, I was gonna I'm go. Right I, I just want to ask a couple of questions about the grand band. So, were you? Was it already established before you joined, or did you? Yeah, it was already like an established band. Um, I think they started off with an EP, and then I joined like shortly after that. They actually recorded that EP with Zach Oren. Um, mm. Nice. And then that's how I found them. Like you know, through MySpace, and then I'm like, oh, they're in Bakersfield, and then like I became friends with them, joined with them, um, and then started writing with them. I think it just kind of fizzled out to a certain point. Um, and then like, yeah, I was just kind of discovering more music and then I did that, started doing a recording project while I was in school and then had Greg come over and he would track vocals and that's pretty much when the Zenith Passage started. And we put mm -hmm. out our first song on uh, Facebook uh, called Tombs of Trepidation. And put a song out on Facebook? Well, I guess put a song out on, fuck, how do we, I was like on YouTube. And then okay. you like you like I remember creating the band page on Facebook and using Facebook as like the platform to market everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and then like I just did it, you know, like a couple people like thought it was cool. I'm like, I'll just do another one. And then that next song was Zenith, um, and like that actually got a lot of steam. And then I put out another one after uh, Zenith called Cosmic Dissonance, and we had like a lyric video for it. And it was like this uh, funny play on those old like sci-fi movies. Um, 
where like the subtitles are there, but instead of the subtitles for the dialogue, it's the subtitles are actually the lyrics. Mm. What's um, the sample at the end of that song from? I keep forgetting Zenith? to ask you. Of uh, Cosmic Dissonance. Oh, uh, I think that's actually the beginning of Zenith. It's from X-Files season seven. Spotify, it's at the end of. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so that goes into, yeah, Zenith. So like, yeah, that's from X-Files. Mm. Are you a big X-Files fan, or was it just the cool oh, yeah. part that you wanted to use? Yeah, I'm, I'm an X-Files fan, and Greg Greg is like a massive X-Files fan. It was actually his suggestion to put it in there. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do that. Sick. Me too. What did you think of like the new season, though? Like, I didn't watch it because I didn't like. I had a I had a fear like just like with the new Matrix movie. Like I didn't mm-hmm, want it to mm-hmm, tarnish mm-hmm. like what I've yeah, kind of grew up on in my head. Yep. You know, like I don't want it to somehow like tarnish and fuck up like how I feel about totally dude. some things. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely nervous. That's why the same thing. The Matrix is the perfect example, dude. And I, the, I just heard I heard one person say that it's a complete shit and i'm just like i don't want any i mean really matrix one is the only one you fucking really want yeah true yeah. true you know all the other ones i mean two is okay but even after that it started to get a little fucking you know animated with the fight scenes and things yeah. started because you know reality was being stretched farther in that one and not in a good way you know they basically just took like what like did a survey they're like what did you like the most about this movie we'll just do it way more and that's all we'll do and most dudes are just like the fucking yeah. fight scenes, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop exactly. the bullets, dude. Let's stop the bullets, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I I have a feeling that they didn't think that the first one was gonna like be as popular as it was. And it yeah. was supposed to be a one and done. It's pretty nice wrapped up at the end. It lets you believe, like, okay, he's probably like gonna go on to solve whatever problems they got. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. I don't need any more. And then it's like Look, we made so much money. We have to make two oh, more movies, yeah, yeah. and these movies yeah. suck. Oh god! Then what's weird is that, like, I guess I there was know. like a Matrix role-playing game on PC, kind of like World of Warcraft, but in the Matrix world. Oh, dude, that game was sick. But it's canonical to the story of the Matrix. That's right. So people are like, "What the fuck? This isn't how the third movie ended." But it's like, no, it's because you didn't watch the cutscene when. Morpheus was killed in game. Oh yeah, that only like a that. few thousand people probably are yeah. aware of in the world. I like I didn't yeah. watch the new Matrix, but I actually thought that was kind of cool that they're like going out of their movie and like going to all the other multimedia. That's to, how meta it is. Yeah, dude. it's you like actually super, go into You have to go Matrix. into the Matrix yeah. to understand yeah, what's dude. going on in it. I, I feel like the movies that do the best as like having a sequel as like as successful as the th- the first movie or like historically kind of the ones that go like bigger like like way bigger on the second one so like terminator 2 even though james cameron did the first one and the second one the second one was just so ridiculously insane that like it was just like okay this is like up leagues above the first one and then like yeah Yeah. with alien i mean it's like we all love alien one it's really scott and everything but it's like with aliens like that's you know a new vibe james cameron and like but he did scale it up to this like like production wise insane like you know with all the machines and all that like it was like like terminator 2 but aliens kind of thing i I read the best story about aliens the other day and like when you go to like pitch a movie or tv show you have to like get in front you bring like a deck and you talk about it and you go well this is what's gonna happen in scene one and then by fucking arc three it's gonna hit this I'm, i'm speaking very poorly about it right now but james cameron's pitch was he walked into like whoever makes the decisions at at that film company and he wrote the word alien like on a chalkboard or on a whiteboard and then he wrote an s 
<laughs> and then he drew two vertical lines through the S for a money sign. And then he pointed at it. And they like instantly gave him millions and millions of dollars. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> How you make it in Hollywood? So, that's like yeah. such a baller move. Sneaking into a venue right there. Just Alien. Gotta be <laughs> yeah. But they, they still made it quality too. It wasn't just oh, it's like great. Yeah, the cash, awesome you know, like what we're saying. They didn't go with the they tried to up it with Matrix 2, but they they swung and they missed. Dude. We probably were at like a very well, strange point in technology and like what what type of <laughs> techniques you use on set too. Like all right, we've got these crazy new computers that can do 3D rendering. Oh, like Mandalorian? And it's like they probably were trying to push the envelope of technology. And it might have been cool then, but I can't remember that far back. And now when you watch back, it just doesn't hold up against like that, that first one. Like Back to the Future did it, you know? Like, oh, yeah, that's another like it's great, like it's not yeah. It's not always about like, oh, we're like, I mean, I oh, okay, I guess so. I guess, I don't know. I guess Back to the Future 2 is like, technologically like way better than the first in a sense i don't know like with he all the future self, stuff and self-tightening nikes dude. But, of course dude i don't know man, <laughs> but it's just and, the a, first, and a the first one's drive so good, off. you know dude did you know they're making a new beetlejuice did you hear about that wow. wait what who's playing beetlejuice dude, michael keaton michael keaton that's what it said on the what? Wait, I, okay i don't know if it was all fake, right. but i wait. saw a thing that it's like real that they're doing it dude i don't know Nostalgia, man. That's what sells now. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It is, dude. It used to be like back in the yeah. '90s. It was like all new ideas and stuff. It was like, oh, this yeah. new story. You're yeah, like, oh, it's always, yeah. Let's check it out. Let's well, go down this. But it's fucking... always been like that, dude. It's like been the always. '80s. They had or, a big or was 50s. it a... they had a big '50s resurgence in the '80s too. You know, so it's like everybody just wants. But to it was just back in we, the past. when when we were kids in like the '80s and '90s. It was like that they were making remaking all these movies, and our grandma was like, "Oh, I saw the original." Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the I mean, it's almost the opposite. Yeah, but, thing's gonna happen now it's like yeah. oh, i'm i'm old enough to be a parent where it would be like if i had a little kid who was old enough to go to the movies i'd be like oh i fucking loved that story when i was a kid in the 90s i want to share this with my mm-hmm. my family unit no, and like that's I probably am. what they're banking on is just like this cycle of nostalgia and like yeah. getting new new people involved in it. I feel by... like they're banking on like investors. It's like a, investors buying a movie. They're like, okay, the first one, the original did really good. So this is like a, a no right. frills investment. Yeah. Like if you invest in this movie, everyone already that. knows all the fucking advertisements already been done on it back in like 93. So yeah, like, true. you know, like now we'll just do that. And it, like your money will be safe, you know, if you put money into it. <laughs> well, the way I think about it too, is like, you put together a huge team to make something. This isn't really like multi-generational, but in terms of like a single like IP continuing, like with Lord of the Rings, and then they made the three Hobbit movies. I just see it as like they put together this infrastructure for churning out these movies. And that's like such a gnarly thing to do is create a production team to make Lord of the Rings. And it's like, let's not take it down just yet. Let's just use it for a few more movies, you know? And so I can see that as a part of the story too. It's like it's Dude. almost like a bureaucracy kind of thing. I was just yeah, you assemble like the team that can get it done, and you might as well keep them going on it because like they become masters of it. Yeah. Or even like in in terms of Lord of the Rings, of course there was always going to be three movies, but like they built factories in New oh, Zealand dude. to like True, yeah. make the props, but, uh, and like they were like dude. giving people jobs down. Like, yeah. It was fucking a huge oh dude huge undertaking down there. Cool. That's insane, dude. dude. I didn't oh. even really, I never even knew all that. They were manufacturing oh, like yeah. Hobbit feet dude. down there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking to, uh, you, you, I think you might know this person, Derek. His name's Carrie Gear. Uh, mm-hmm. We were just talking on the phone know, for a while. Yeah. 
and shout uh, out Kerry. Yeah, Kerry Gear from Sasana Aurelius and Odious Mortem now and yep. everything. Our homie from all the back in the day. But yeah, dude, we were like actually talking about this whole thing today and stuff. And like we were like, dude, it's like even shows that like went super gnarly, crazy budget, like you know, Game of Thrones and all this stuff and all this kind of thing and everything, but they just cannot match like what went into like a, like Lord of the Rings, dude. Like mm-hmm. in that kind of a movie. And I was like, it's like the whole country of New Zealand, like basically. Exactly. It's like, Middle Earth, yeah. The, the yeah, Lord like, of the Rings you know, like, film franchise is like the epitaph yeah. of <laughs> death metal. Yeah. Exactly. It's like Lord of the Rings is to fantasy, fantasy filmmaking as epitaph is the technical death metal. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> totally. It's the thing that's ever been achieved. And that's a huge overlap in fandom yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Except for the money. That's the only thing. <laughs> Lord of the Rings yeah, like, yeah. made a couple more dollars. Muhammad <laughs> just—he retired from death metal because he's just sitting on that epitaph money. <laughs> sitting on that Lord of the Rings money. <laughs> no, I'm trying. Actually, that's actually kind of like the like achievement of this podcast, but like to get him on here. Yeah, like, I feel like I feel like we have enough friends and stuff that talk to him and stuff. Like to get Muhammad on here would be like. Just to, that would be like the the main one, right? Well, yeah, like that would be yeah. not the Breaking main one, but one of the main ones. Like having like my like the real guests that like fully influenced us back in the day. We've hit a few of them already, but yeah. he's definitely on the list of ones. I mean, you know? that'd, that'd be, be so cool. That'd be sick. You could probably get Christian Munzer, who is like a close oh, second. Definitely. You know. Yeah, we'll yeah, I've been loving his his troll posts. Oh yeah, oh, that dude. was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Immediately, I was, like, I was like, I'm not believing it. I'm not believing. No, it. I, 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 I hit up uh, Gabe right away. I'm like, is that that's he's joking, right? He's like, yeah, he's fucking with everyone. Like, yeah, 100 okay. yeah. joking. <laughs> Speaking of which, that's so sick that Gabe's filling in for Obscure right now. That's oh, so cool, man. I love him, I man. Yeah, and doing Veil of Noth on the like. Yeah. How long is this fucking tour, man? It's been going. It's like. Like, two like six, long? seven weeks. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. It's, dude. There was it's like a sponsored by the German Olympics, government. Dude. Gabe would get gold. <laughs> Literally? Like, actually? I know I said if, if there was. If there was a drum Olympics, he would win gold, oh. dude. No, that I feel dude. like he's he's basically like, like, like I was talking about this on previous podcasts. Like, I went to NAM with him and we were in Sacramento at the time and he had to play a, a continuum set and just basically listen to it like the fucking whole way there and back. Like, I was like just constant, just continuum the whole time. He just memorizes it and just sits there and listens to it like 300 times. And then he just goes <laughs> to the studio and just knows the songs. He's like, well, oh, I got it. Let me tell you that in this summer, there's talks of tours. And there was one potential tour lineup where it was like, I'd be playing drums for two bands. And then they suggested another band. And that band has like recently hit me up to play drums for them too. Oh man. Okay, I, I could dude. just do like a three X set, dude. But. If you did that, dude, then I'd, I, that would be like a new bar to. That's like the I future would, of death metal. Like there's, there's one member of like a band yeah. and then like everyone it's else like just plays score. like everyone yeah. else has four sets <laughs> like like yeah, you probably come back looking so shredded and like the, <laughs> yeah, the right. best peak physical like yeah. <laughs> shape you've ever been in just like buff yeah, as fuck but but i listening. think i was inspired i was like the only way i could i guess casey did it back in the day too so it's like i knew a couple cases but then i'm like gabe has made like a fucking career out of doing that so yeah now it's, it's so like sick. more doable yeah he was actually gonna play three sets apparently because abysmal dawn dropped and there was like oh, decrepit right. birth was supposed to take uh direct so he would have been Velanath, 
describe a birth and then obscure a that's dude. That's so like, many snare that's hits. That's so fucking crazy. That's know, probably at man. least a million snare hits a night. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some point where you have to draw the line. Dude. <laughs> 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 Too crazy. Cool. Speaking well, of which, our, the, our... the guarantees, though, you're like, fuck it. Oh, yeah, you're, you're three cashing in, dude. Think about they that. They make buyout. like 40 bucks a night. Think about You could just pay your rent just based on the buyout, dude. In like 200 <laughs> bucks just in like your buyout and your per diem. Yep. Um, but our drummer, Matt, he actually almost did three sets in a row because he, he was doing that tour with Dolly and Suffo and Decrepit Birth. He was playing drums for Decrepit. And then uh, Decrepit dropped off the tour. But before they dropped off the tour and the Zenith Passage took their spot, he filled in for Dahlia. And he hadn't ever like played on a set until like the day of the show he was learning on a practice pad and then the day of the show he got on and did a sound check with him and then played his decrepit burst set then played a dahlia set and then two days later had to play a zenith passage set because we took over for decrepit on the Jeez. the last leg of the tour and i think he like he got him so burnt out after that i feel like he was just like damn this sucks dude. <laughs> oh bananas so it's legendary though dude dude it's it is what is with this like modern like insane ability for drummers to just like oh yeah dude i can play in like five bands i know all their songs like, i no know man I, I couldn't do that dude like what that's like, crazy it's that dang old internet affected like it's that dang old in internet dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, people can dude. say all they want about like the modern like whatever like all these modern bands all it's like dude, yeah. they fucking can play like way more songs and bands that i like my brain can't do it I'm just like That's send me the cool. stems and send yeah. me the drum MIDI and send me tabs. Yeah, and just just send so, it all to me and I'll figure out how long it'll take. It would only like make a computer. Sense. You're like that too, Jess. Yeah. So you can learn. You play in like how many bands now? Like five or something. Dude, it's fucked up. You don't even <laughs> <want to laughs> <do that. laughs> like uh, for for, like for having very few and, releases yeah. or anything under my name. It's way too many. Like you know, I'm sitting on too much, but. Um, yeah, I'm adding perhaps two new bands this summer. So <laughs> just as a fill-in. But it's it's becoming a session thing. I'm very excited actually. It's super sick. Like yeah. actually starting to get to that point. So I mean, like Justin getting to fill in for Surruption, I was w wanting to come back to that at some point because that was yeah, like, that was. That you, was did you already know stressful. the set? How many? How many? No. Like how? How did you? I yeah. How they get? In touch? I learned it in like two, three weeks, or no, like a month tops, I guess. Um, yeah, because I had toured with their uh, TM, um, and he he hit me up. He's like, "Yo, like, would you be down to do this surruption like summer slaughter set?" And I'm like, "Oh shit!" So I had to like think about it, and then like, I'm like, "All right, I'll do it." Because it's like pretty intimidating playing that shit. Um, well, the gnarly thing about surruption is that's one guitar player. So like, when I think about yeah. somebody like filling in on guitar, it's like, okay, well, like. The main person is still there and they can like mm -hmm. help you learn the songs yeah. on the road but like it was just you being the single guitar player and to add to that them. it was just one of i was one of three people because the bass player lost his visa oh <laughs> shit there's just vocals yeah. you and drums yeah and then like michael their guitar player had to track bass like um like a couple of days before i flew out to the east coast to meet up or to florida to meet up with them uh so i had to like i created the session and i got everyone on ears i had to like do an entire like live session and i wrote like all the in-between tracks and then i got all my tracks and then i just made sure like 
me, Tony, were at least locked in. Um, so like, yeah, it was very, very, very stressful situation. But like at the end of the day, you know, you go through all that stress and it's all worth that 30 minutes, that glory, <laughs> so you, dude. So it's saved, like, you it's, saved the tour, dude. You saved the tour. Yeah, well, kind of, but because then, like, I was like, okay, like, I, I got to go back to work because, like, um, Michael was supposed to have already been on the tour, like, after, like, a, two weeks of it, and he was, like, not getting his visa from the U.S. government, and they were, like, for some reason holding on to, like, giving him a visa, so it just kept on going, and it just kept going, and then I was like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, I'll, I'll like, stay, and I'll, I'll just do it, and I'll finish the tour out, like, whatever. Um, and then I think they decided that it would probably save them more money to just drop the tour. Um, unfortunately. So, I mean, that's kind of how it just played out, but how many shows, uh, I think it was like, I played like, I don't know. It was like 10 to 14. I can't remember. It was like the first part of the tour in the East coast. I think right before they went into, uh, Canada is when like they decided to, to keep, just let go. That yeah. old Canada when they're counting out your marriage or something, they're like fucking trying to tax you at the border. They're like putting their, yeah. like fucking like like putting their funds in, in front of themselves, going like, All right, well, this is not worth it. We've done it before actually with Decrepit before where they like wanted to charge us like four grand to get into Canada. Yeah, dude, we're, the taxes like, we're like I can't do it. We just can't do it. Like it's not it's just not worth it, dude. Yeah. It's like they're gonna count Think- you back in at the I don't know. I feel like they weren't gonna give us the money back or something like that and find a yeah, way. Yeah, it's stupid. Like Switzerland's yeah. even worse about it. Jeez, their their country's even like ten times as worse as like going in the eastern Canada. But yeah, it just made sense for them to like just you know cut their losses and then go on. And and unfortunately, like I don't know why the internet hated this tour so much, but I thought that tour was fucking awesome. Like there was a lot of awesome bands on it. Like what was the lineup? It was uh, Entheos, so like the homies. Oh, like yeah, that yeah. was that was like super sick. So it was like Entheos, Sreption. Uh, Allegion, um, Veil of Maya, Born of Osiris, and Between the Buried and Me and Era. What the fuck? Yeah, it was sick, dude. It was like a prog summer slaughter, and it was sick. And like the internet hated it (laughs) because it wasn't death metal, but I mean, it's just how it is, I guess. But I thought it was a cool ass tour. That sounds like an amazing show, dude. Uh, the thing is, is like the internet, I guess, just really fucked with the hype of that tour because the turnouts were just not that great. Interesting. Like in Weird. yeah, like the Weird. the morale was kind of low for a good part of that tour. What year was that? Sounds like a rat. Uh, Twenty eighteen. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. Plus, like I saw two different was. sides of the spectrum too, because like the year before that, I was co-headlining with the Faceless, and then like I'm like, yeah, this tour is super chill. And then like I the next year, I'm an opener. I'm like, this tour fucking sucks, dude. Like it's <laughs> yeah. so hard to do like as an opener. <laughs> oh man, I've talked so, about like, it multiple times. Yeah. It's like I think it's like the the ultimate test of a, a touring person is doing summer slaughter in like a, a first five position opening band. Like, yeah, it's I, fucking I mean, rough, dude. You got to leave each show. Like fucking just after yeah, loading at out. noon, every time yeah, 11 to noon, exactly. you got sometimes you got like seven hour there. drives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or sometimes up. longer than that. Sometimes like, like you're going to be late if you leave while a band's playing. Like you're going to yeah, be exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's basically just like, you have to figure out your rotations of driving. If you don't have a bus, you have to like, Get that all absolute down, gauntlet. Like, yeah, and you get there and it's just a yeah. fucking like nine hundred drum sets and like all it's just fucking <laughs> insane, dude. Yeah, you know, yeah, but super fun. Like, I mean, <laughs> totally. You suffer through it, but it's like you look back on it, you're like, yeah, I did that. That was sick. Definitely, that's like it's a boot camp. 
If you want to be in, yeah. like, if you want a tour, all right, do an opening slot on Summer Slaughter. Let's see exactly, if, see dude. if you're cut out for it. <laughs> and, yeah, I man. still trip on, on some of those opening bands that, that on Summer Slaughter tours that I did. And it's like, I, I can't remember if they're like actually opening, but you know, f- somewhere in the first rotation, and like you see D. Whitechapel opening Summer Slaughter, you see fucking yeah. Animals as Leaders opening Summer mm-hmm. Slaughter. And it's so cool to see those people who have like, persevered and kept at it and like really pursuing their passion like growing into big household names they are yeah yeah so it's i'm just like so proud of a lot of my friends how far they've come and and it's like when i was just like a kid being on tour now i'm like a fan of the music more than more than ever it can be like holy shit like all these people were so ahead of the time like they had a vision and they're all executing on it now at like a very sick professional level. So it's like pretty cool to see that, like how much like a metal has like legitimized itself. Totally. And like, is like a, now a valid career path for a lot of people. And just like, again, just super happy for, for all my buddies who have really had the vision from day one and like stuck through it thick and thin. And you got to watch the beginnings of it, and, and yeah, watch yeah, you're on the unfold. first one, dude. Watching unfold for so many of our our friends is super cool, dude. Yeah, yeah, super. It's super really cool. something special, like when when you when you have that vision and you can see it through for like 15 years, mm-hmm. and it pays off. Like yeah. it's it's like starting a. I mean, it, it is starting a business, but in like a way cooler way because yeah. you're like providing art to millions of people. Yeah, if you're yeah. like an opening band on Summer Slaughter and you have a chance to do it, I mean, fuck, that's your pretty much your chance to get like to headline status pretty quickly. If you want to, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you said Animals as Leaders because we were on that tour together, and they were fucking brand new. I remember watching like their first set in San Diego was where the the I think that's where it kicked off at Soma, and um, I remember after the set, I just went up to went to fucking Tosa and I was like. You know, you guys are going to be fucking headlining this shit in like two years, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, imme- I immediately, I was the first thing I said to him and Javier. I was like, "You guys are, like, you guys are fucking. I hate fucking going after you right now. This sucks." Like, yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, no." Sort of on him. <laughs> everyone, well, everyone was there. Everyone was there. They packed the venue. It'd be like fucking yeah. sold out. Like by the second band, it'd be like sold out. You know, like fucking huge crowds there, and everyone's just like, "That's when I started to see the the whole like gent thing kind of like take off a little bit." It was. I remember seeing people's heads do that. Instead of doing this, they were doing the Steve doing Jones. Like, <laughs> the yeah, Steve yeah. Jones. They went to the side the now. Everyone's, like, kind of like got a groove. Everyone's got like a groove now. They're going like they're or grooving. Or even the, the same thing with Whitechapel. Like I don't think I'd ever even heard of Whitechapel until yeah. I toured with them. Me and like, I was like, "What's up with this?" And I was like, "Oh my god, this guy is like actually the best vocalist probably in death metal right now." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every person in this room knows every word to every song, and like yeah. they have like. They they were like the most pro band on the first tour I ever saw them on. It was it was really cool, and I was like, these guys are gonna make it. Yeah, and they they really really have. They I remember that, that show. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, totally. I was gonna say I remember it. The, that was the first year and the last year that Summer Slaughter came to Bakersfield at mm. the Dome. The first day, yeah. like, that was <laughs> yeah. that was with Black Dahlia. Yeah, Dahlia headline, and I remember it actually made it to the Majesty DVD. I'm I'm sure Bart remembers that when the power went out in the middle of the set and oh yeah I saw and then eshbach i remember eshbach i forgot what he said but he said some really snarky comment <laughs> super funny dude my my uh my legs in that dvd dude on the bus oh, <laughs> hell like, yeah, dude. it's my leg it's my leg with my foot twitching 
I'm, I'm <laughs> actually because uh, because Brian saw me and uh, Frank Costa and was just all come on the bus. And Frank was like in his party mode at the time and just got immediately kicked off. But uh, it was basically <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, he was going bananas. But uh, yeah, it was me and Carrie got on the bus and we just sat with a uh, fucking Trevor in the back while he was just fucking. We were smoking joints and drinking, and we were so fucked up. Like I, I was like. Like sitting there, just going like I'm fucked up to like watch your show right now. He's like, oh, I gotta go on right now. I'm like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, all right. We he like did the stretch. He's like, all right, go on. We just smoked like three joints and like drank like ten beers each. Like, all right, dude, let's fucking. And he went up there and just murdered. You know, just when, yeah, they're like the them, most solid band. Totally, just like the like we said, Whitechapel. It's like one of those like working machines. You see it, and you're like, they just go up there, no matter what's going on before or after. They're like. Fucking, they get up there and they do the fucking set like immaculately, like every time, like they just nail it, you know. And they just get up like, "What's up, dude?" After they're done, like they <laughs> enter, they enter this mode of just like fucking yeah perfection, you know. It's crazy. In the underground death metal, like I just got to play a show with uh, Stabbing opening for us, and now like less than a year later, they have like big tours with Unmerciful and Decrepit Birth now, and I feel like. I got to see them in one of their first maybe like three shows ever and like bought the shirt. And I was like, I was thinking the same thing. You guys are, I was telling people, you guys are going to be headlining this in two years, like pulling the Joel. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm totally. like, now they're touring with decrepit. Like they'll probably will headline sin city next year or the year after, like they're going to be there. So I mean, that, that's honestly how I feel about, about dreamer. Like I heard that oh, shit. song hollow, I think. And I was like, if you get the right person to hear this shit, like, this yeah. is this is the shit. That's what like, we, I'm we've always said by that, that stuff. Dude, dreamers, we've, I'm, they're, uh, they're fucking getting ready. I got to, to see up, them dude. play their first I, little. Actually, live. I'm about I'm about to drop a hollow drum playthrough tomorrow. I just finished oh, it today. Um, and, uh, hell yeah! Fuck guys, yeah. watch watch the YouTube's. Oh, sick, dude. It'll be okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's all done. I can show it anytime, but. I'm gonna oh, yeah. watch it tomorrow. So. But I, got awesome. to, I just want to say real quick. So I got to see them. Uh, like they came, you know, down to my birthday shindig last week and stuff. And uh, David from Odious Morning, like our old friend, you know, David Siskin. I think remember Derek back in the Santa Cruz days, mm. the old days, dude. He like huh. was at the party. He just saw like he saw them playing, and he just like heard like you guys jamming and Christopher Beatty like playing the shit on the chart. He's just like what the fuck like hold on like i need to go like watch this and he like comes and sits like all close like right like, <laughs> like just like on this chair like to the side and he's just like sitting there just like and christopher b is like because he was kind of like has back turned you know and he's doing all these sick riffs like doing all this shit and david was just like what the fuck dude this is so sick like dude we uh, came to you your guys... party and it was we just played for you and david basically like there was just yeah. all people, like, having no, a party. Down to, dude. Uh, and was, we just like great. we're gonna play our metal set now but <laughs> dude, like, means a bombing lot, everybody right? out yeah yeah thanks so much for saying that that's like after exactly. what you just said about Whitechapel and animals and to hear that from you that's like huge and that's chris a... is probably listening or will hear this so he and i are that's super a... stoked yeah same yeah. oh yeah that's man i mean i haven't showed it i mean it, it's derek. awesome yeah i showed it to derek i was like I heard this and I was like, because it's one I was talking about this with Justin earlier. I was like, like, uh, he's like, hey, I want to check out my demo with the, this band I'm in. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll check it out. It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, Roadside Records, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he puts it on. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And I start just like texting all my friends, like, what the fuck? Have you you guys got? This is the next thing. I think this might be the mm -hmm. next thing. Mm -hmm. Like, like immediately was saying that, and we've talked about it on the podcast a bunch, but. 
I'm not just saying it, you know, like people hype shit up, but I'm like, it was my honest organic reaction was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, this is the new guy, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. Joel, Joel was like, yeah, you gotta check it out. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. I think you sent it to me. Yeah. And it took me like a few days to get around to it. And I was like, why did it take me a few days? To listen? Like, this is, <laughs> this is so I rad. Opened it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like something like that happened to me with, with Fallujah when they were just starting. Mm. Played a, a show in the Bay Area. And I don't remember which member it was. I'm sorry. Um, or if you're in the band anymore. But like, somebody was like, yo, I got this band. And like, we got this demo. I want to show it to you. And I think me and somebody else from The Faceless, we, we like went to their car and we listened to whatever demo Fallujah had. And I was like, this is so fucking good. Like, I'm glad I like walked to this car with some random yeah, dude yeah. at our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like a really like fulfilling experience to hear that and like see where they're at now. And like, yeah, totally. I don't really use Facebook much, but whenever I do that, it's typically like a post of Scott playing guitar yeah, yeah. and then it loops, it, it rings me in there for like three minutes. And I'm just like, that was so fucking sick. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're doing really well too. Yeah. Shout, shout out Scott. Scott. Yeah, he was just on the that. podcast a week yeah. or so ago, right? He just played live with Dragon yeah. Force, didn't he? Yeah, he just got called. Yeah, it was sick. It's insane. Yeah, we it went to the show. There. It was Definitely. fun, dude. Oh, I think it was it was a super oh, really? fun show, like surprisingly very fun. Nice. Like not just because like your homies are there, but just like the actual like uh, the showmanship of everyone and just the production makes it super fun, dude. It's also like people are ready to have fun. Man, like yeah, shows totally. are shows are happening again. People are ready to mm-hmm, see shows. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've been to a few shows over the last couple years, obviously. But like, I used to go to a show like a month. Yeah, like I went. I went to, I went to see Godspeed You Black Emperor the other day, and like that's not a show like I would consider fun. But it was like epic as fuck, and it was just like really moving to be in the move in a room with like this wall of sound and like. There was so many people there, and it was just really nice to like. It's an energy at, that we've been yeah. missing for a long yeah. time, dude. And then when you tap into it again, you're like, "Oh yeah, dude, I mm-hmm. missed this, dude." Or just there's just something nice about hearing fucking distorted guitar loud as fuck out yeah. of a PA, totally. and it just like goes through your body. It's just like, yeah. oh my god, mm-hmm. like I haven't been I haven't been around loud music in a long time. Or like, you know, you feel it and you, you listen with your body. You transport back to crazy, dude, is that you for, I forgot until I, it hit me again. It's like the yeah. spirit. I always say it's like catching the spirit at church, dude. It just fucking goes through <laughs> your whole body, dude. You're like, oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. So yeah. So Zenith, so you guys got Zenith going and shit. So, um, I don't think we're done with Justin's story. I think that's it. No, you still got other band. How did we meet? I don't remember. Uh, the sl- uh, not fest. But we can actually butt up where, to it through well, that, after your story. Derek. Well, that's what we, we butted up against each other. After. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, I'll tell an abridged version of my like story. Like Marvel dude, universe, dude. Let's fucking hear. I don't know how long this thing goes. It goes so, as long as you want it to. Whatever. Um, and, and, and I told more. most of my story on on um our our buddy the Copper Crab podcast. If you want, if I forget anything, go back and listen. Me and Justin were on there too a while back. Yeah. But um, oh, so my story starts way Started back the in the way, day. Dude. Yeah, dude. yeah. Um, when I when I was a kid, I was into music pretty early. Like I said I had a brother, an older brother. Right, I have an older brother. His name's Ian. He's not watching, but what's up, Ian? Um, he 
he's a musician. He plays, he's a very talented piano player. He's a really good guitar player now. Um, he gets it. He was into like rock music, you know, and my mom plays guitar effectively and my dad can play piano. Like we're all pretty musically inclined folks. And, um, I started playing drums. I didn't know that Justin started with drums, but I wasn't very good. Check out that um, playthrough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to myth bust a fake playthrough that I posted. Um, people I can tell, I people tell. think it's real. I'm, I thought I exaggerated it enough, but I guess not. I like, guess I just edited it too like, good, dude. Maybe <laughs> like a couple right of those hits are, are, are valid, but um, not, most of them are wrong. And if you were in the room, you'd be crying. But uh, I got a drum set when I, I think in like... Actually, no, the first instrument I had was a saxophone in third grade. And then it was a hand-me-down from my brother. Oh, shit. Okay. And at, at Mar Vista Elementary that I attended with, with Joel. Yeah. Right? You went to Mar Vista. Yeah, Miss Davies or what? Yeah, yeah, Miss Davies. I had Miss Davies. Um, <laughs> Joel's year ahead of me, but we went to preschool. We started our school together. Yeah. But um, So maybe that's where music started, when I met Joel when I was like three or four years old. But um, I got a drum set. That lasted a while. I took I took lessons and then like started meeting friends who played guitar or bass or whatever and we would just like dick around. Like we could play music at my house in my in my garage. So we could just like That's make key. noise. That's key. And um eventually trying to figure out like where I was always into like guitar based music and then like pretty early on I got into like gangster rap, like death oh, row shit. records, like um and to me Gangster rap and death metal are almost like the same. It's like narrative based, aggressive, bravado to some extent music. Mm -hmm. And so like they, they speak the same language. I still love like, um, aggressive rap, stuff oh, like totally, that. Dude. Derek, and you so and like, we're the same, bro. That's where I, and, like, I, I mean, if, if you off. listen to like death metal, oh, it's dude. just like, and that's what rap is. And, and so it's hear, just like brother rap Lynch, with game. You, you hear Brother dude. Lynch lyrics and you're oh, like, oh, yeah, dude, totally. it's fucking Cannibal Corpse. Dude, dude. Season of the Sickness is like a top 10 record it's, for it's me. One uh, of the greatest California rap albums yeah. of all. Dude, did you get it on vinyl, Anthony? No, I actually don't. Because it, it has tracks that aren't on the CD. No shit. It, it's got these crazy sketches where I uh, can't really talk about it, but yeah, uh, <laughs> got some really funny interludes. <laughs> <laughs> nice dude i'm down um, you, sh you should pick up yeah a dude, I, copy I, of that it. was that i mean i could go on and on about that album yeah that, that was like a pretty integral and loaded for me too. the one after that loaded was actually if, go back and listen to that one too because that's i'll check that out he hooked up with this dude funk beta who is on yeah funk beta sick and and that just what happened in the studio for that album dude and you just hear them talk about it you're like wow dude this is, was like the most creative shit that was going on for those yeah. guys. 96, and that, that like kind of bridged a gap for me too, from like rap back into to metal because it's mm -hmm. like similar yeah. lyrical themes and stuff, just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's like horror, horrific stuff. Yeah. But, now so like when I was a kid, horror core or whatever, horror yeah. Core. But when <laughs> I was a kid though, I was really into like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, uh, all the grunge. And then I got into gangster rap. And then like around seventh grade, maybe sixth, seventh grade is when I, I discovered what I would call like the Holy Trinity of Sepultura, Pantera and Slayer. Nice. And like, I, I literally remember saying in seventh grade, I was like, I don't need any other bands in my life. Like yeah. there's, they each have like eight records. It's chill. 
Totally. Like, <laughs> like, it's game over. There's that's no, your desert this island music discographies right there. It's just those that's three. And actually, that's a good desert island discographies. Yeah. So right my there. my brother had got me Cowboys from Hell at one point for a Christmas present on CD, and so I was like, oh, I like Pantera, and I remember going to the flea market and buying the Great Southern Trend Kill from a guy, and I believe he wanted fifty cents, and I only had a quarter, and it was Damn. like I was like. Take it or leave it, man. You know, <laughs> I was probably like, you know, like 11 years old or something. And he took it and I walked home with the Great Southern Trend Kill. And I thought it was going to be like Cowboys from Hell. What a bargain. And if you don't know, they're not the same at all. Not at And all. it just started as it starts with a like really loud yeah. and just like a really slow, like caveman blast beat. And I was like, all right, this is where I am now. Mm-hmm. This is... Whatever I was on before is like gone. This yeah. is this is what it is now. And I got into death metal through there. Like I said, my brother had like Deicide records or Cradle of Filth records, and like I was always into punk too. And then, so it kind of went like this for a while, and then I was playing drums with some guys in in high school, but I wasn't a good drummer like at all, like at all at all. But I could hold down a beat, you know, whatever. It was good enough mm-hmm. for like a shitty punk band. And then yeah. I was friends with a guy who was actually quite a good drummer, and I wanted to be in a band with him. And um, who was that? the only thing I could think of to do was try vocals. And that's how I discovered that I had a knack for it. Who's the drummer guy? Do we know? Um, Garrett, Garrett Dyer. Yep. And he had a jam room at his house, too. So we were able to go up there and jam all the time. And What was, it, his, it was, what was his nickname? What was his, I forgot. What was it? I can't. I'm just uh, kidding. Keep, we keep, can't keep say it, that anymore. But yeah, we we would jam with him, and that's like where my high school band, uh, Taste of Blood, came from. And it's a pretty funny band name. But I actually like I have friends who still are like Taste of Blood is so much better than the Faceless. Go start the Taste of Blood again. What are you doing? And I'm like, and I went back and I listened to a song, and I was like, oh, it's actually like pretty heavy. It's not bad for like. Yeah. Um, I where we were in like it i feel like if it came out now it, like people would probably like it but it was kind of early it was like a really big death metal influenced breakdown music i, I wouldn't call it deathcore because our drummer couldn't blast beat so we couldn't have like the death metal parts but we tried our best to like go into it and have that kind of vibe and i remember like chase he would be like this is dying fetus Try to do vocals like this sometimes. <laughs> or like, you know, he had, he, I remember he had like the D Moon Borgir CD and DVD that like folds out into the upside down cross. Uh-huh. And like, he's like, let's listen to all this. Like, you're going <laughs> to figure out how to do some vocals like this. Okay. And like, <laughs> it, it was cool. And like, that's, that's like where I started discovering stuff. Like I said earlier, Joel, like, Joel gave me and my buddy Richie, I think you gave Richie, um, cabinet by spawn and possession yep. i think it's because of you that i heard um and then you'll beg by cryptopsy or maybe whisper supremacy first yeah yeah whisper but like okay. cold hate warm blood remember joel we'd listen to that totally. like all the fucking time like leaving school as loud as we, possible that's why we even jammed as like I, I was like dude i can play the riffs from this, yeah. this song you were like what the fuck you can play the riffs from that song <laughs> we had like a lord worm poster printed out in our jam <laughs> <Yeah>. space because <laughs> his name was lord worm out. like that was cool to me and it still is actually. That's fucking awesome. 
It still um, is, dude. He's he's yeah. definitely one of those uh one of those obscure like he seems like he lurks in the shadows, you know. It, I, I remember seeing them play at the pound, and then I was like, "Oh, this is sick!" And we then actually, like he busted out this goblet, and he was like feeding people worms, worms and like dude. people like normal people were like eating worms out of his hand for <laughs> yeah. some reason. I'm just like, dude, I why? Was you? Right behind, dude, and I'm, I'm <laughs> even in the moment where I'm like, dude, I'm in the moment. You're like, I'm about to eat a worm. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I I literally look at dude, and I'm like, Ugh, dude, you're actually gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was up there I like I, I was begging for a worm dude but if, i think if he actually gave it to me i was gonna be like dude i was like mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like the, the expedited version of the story though is just like i was always into music as a little kid like i i remember liking music as early as like third grade and having an opinion on what was good and what was bad yeah and then um just evolved and evolved into i think the the trajectory is just aggression aggression yeah. whether whether it's whether it was punk or whether it was metal or whether it was rap it was like who is like serving it up the hardest right the now hard yep yep and um shit. and then like as i you know became a musician in this world it's kind of like where, where do i go without like um exposing everybody but you know we you it's like a persona and it's like a part of you. And it's just like, if you find that type of something entertaining, then like you find a way to express it. And so like, for me, I'm not like a hard person, you know, I've, I've like never even been in a fight, but like, <laughs> I like this energy that this music creates. And then like, as you get more and more into it, you learn like how extremely talented the people that I'm surrounded by were. So like, I'm over here, I'm just going like, you know but then i'm like next to justin who's like playing the most like fucking sick beautiful <laughs> thing you can do on guitar and it's just like wow but like this is like a top tier musician yeah. that like nah, for sure. that, no. that you're, just, you're hitting so many things with me uh, right now dude because that's all i get like the imposter syndrome, syndrome yeah all the I mean, time I, no, my dude, I understand the role but like is there's there's like i can't play guitar ever but there's a skill set behind doing what you do, though, that yeah, yeah, you probably sure. don't recognize because you're like in within yourself. But as like someone who like like me growing up watching you, like because mm. that's where the dynamic between us is interesting because I grew up watching you and now we're in a band. So like I've seen like I'm like, dude, that is like the best death modal vocalist ever. So it's, Thank you. So it's like cool to like to grow up and see you and been like, oh, dude, like that guy, I don't understand how he does that. Like, it's insane. Like the only person I can think of is like Michael Ackerfeld or something. It's like, yeah, that's the that, only guy I've ever punished. There's like skill involved in actually doing this that people don't really understand. Like there's a lot of fucking skill that goes into like doing what you do. Yeah. I got to figure it out again so I can play <laughs> these songs. Literally. I'm like, so I am new to the Zenith passage, right? I have recorded a song for the Zenith passage. Two songs. Oh, I've recorded two songs. Yeah. We have released a song yeah. that I am on. And um, it's not released yet. Like, if you listen to it, it's like kind of notably, it's so fast, but like the vocals are, aren't as like. So, like, when I was learning some of these songs that we're getting ready, like for our set list for our tour coming up, yeah. um, uh, I literally texted him. I was like, I need video evidence that this can be performed. <laughs> oh, shit. Because, like, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it and I need to understand that it can be done. Cause I remember the first time I saw it or the only time actually I saw you guys play, 
I was like, I can't believe Greg did it. Because I think I, he, he asked me, like, how does he keep his glasses on? Yeah, now? that's <laughs> another question, too. <laughs> Yo, Greg, I'd, really I'd love to see you with, like, a Zenith passage, like, strapped in the back, dude. Dude, that'd be <laughs> so They're hard. called croquis, yeah, if you're wondering. They're called croquis? Yeah. Croquis? Oh, Crokey, like oh, ribbit. Like a hoagie. Zenith passage is croquis, dude. Dude, I'm down. When I did some shows with John from one of my other projects, I, I had one, but we wear like cloaks and stuff, so you couldn't tell that they were there. It was a cloaky. Yeah, anyways. Cloaky. Like, <laughs> like, like the athletic ones that they wear in the NBA and shit where they're all like fucking super thick and yeah. Yeah, like the, old the neoprene like... ones. Yeah. But let's see, where 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 did I, I leave? I think off? that was the last show that we played together. I, I was in high school. We I had this band, this punk band with some friends. It'll, it'll we be... we ill breed oh mm. uh, it's like nice. i can't imagine a worse band name i'm always like <laughs> and then like one of the guys like wrote it on my backpack in white whiteout pen and i was just like oh my god Dude, i don't have to tell singer, people your old singer picked me up on an uber kind of like a year or two ago. really like, yeah yeah i was like he's all joel and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck it's uh, this guy Manu. Like, Manu? What the fuck? yeah yeah it was a trip yeah, but one of those guys wrote the band name in whiteout pen on my backpack, and I was so bummed because like oh, I don't have to tell people like this is <laughs> this is my band because I was getting away for a long time. Oh, it's like a punk band, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then um, some of us went on to to do the Taste of Blood, which was like that kind of proto deathcore band, and we played a lot of really good shows. And like our our local Santa Cruz scene was really welcome to us. Um, yeah, it, it was it was really cool, and that was like right around when like the Salinas scene and the Santa Cruz scene were trying to figure out how to coexist because like more of like the metalcore stuff was coming out of Salinas, and then Santa Cruz had a really strong punk and then on and metal background, so like there was a lot of kind of animosity between the two areas for a long time, and I don't think like we really ushered it, but I think like that band kind of showed each side that like there's something for everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, I, th I think there was some sort of uh, laurel leaf extended because like we were invited to play shows in Santa Cruz or in Salinas. And then we can be like, oh, yeah, let's do a show in Santa Cruz with you guys, too. Yeah. And then that band, we got we got a record on Tribunal Records, which is um, like what Animosity released their first record on. And so like Leo, I think, kind of brokered that for us. And from there, we made friends with like Job for Ro a Cowboy Ro and Suicide Ro Silence. Go back what was that? Before the Tribunal release, you guys had that other Red Cover album. Oh, that was just, that yeah. Was just indie release that you guys did? That was released by a local label out of Santa Cruz. I think it was um, Unfun Records. Unfun Records. It was Record. called. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go back and listen to that, but yeah, I have it. Yeah, I I might. I probably threw it away. I don't know. But like um the one on Tribunal is pretty cool. It's heavy. Um and then like we were kind of like the lowest tier on that like MySpace echelon swoop up and we befriended like Jump for a Cowboy and Suicide Silence. And that was the the first and only tour that that band did. So, we were the only band that had a release on a label though. So, we had to play last and it was like just not fun but it was cool like getting to know those guys and on that tour we played a show with the faceless and that's how i think we played two shows with the faceless and that's how i got to know those guys and uh we we went so out in vegas on a previous vocalist before you they were yeah they had i think with? two maybe like 
Definitely one, Jeff. And he, he was like on the, the recordings that most people heard at the beginning. And he's, he's still a homie. He's still around. Um, he did vocals for a band called Black Sheep Wall. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking heavy as shit, kind of doomy, discordant stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and they had a guy named Mikey for a while who I didn't know at all. And then they had a guy filling in for a couple shows. I was just like the homie doing it. I don't think he was ever in the band. And then I, I was going to college and I was living in Monterey, working in Santa Cruz. I got a text from Mike Keen. Actually, I don't think I got texts at that point in this time. This is like how long ago shit was. People like yeah, yeah. text text messages cost like 10 cents a text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember I called AT&T and I was like, please disable this function from my phone. I cannot afford to receive text messages. And so I got a call while I was at work and I was like, I barely know this guy. Like I, maybe I'll follow up later. And he called like one or two more times. And I was just like, I looked at my manager. I was working at like a pants store. And I was like, I got to take this call. Like something might be up or I don't know. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, um, we're, we're, we're wondering if you're interested in recording a record with the faceless. And at this time in my life, like this is what I thought I, or this is what I wanted to do. And I was like, Oh my God, like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do this record. He's like, okay, cool. Well, if you do the record, uh, you're going to have to come down to LA to do it and like stay down here while we work on it. Okay, well, that could probably work. Uh, what are the dates? And we we kind of sussed it out. And it, it was like this tiered approach, right? And he goes, okay, well, if you do the record, you're going to have to tour with us too. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I really want to be touring. Like, this is what I've been working towards. And he's like, okay, well, we already have the tours booked. And it's <laughs> it was, I think it was four months straight. Jesus. And it was like, <laughs> he's like, well, the first one's going to be with like Arsis and Dead to Fall. And then we're going to go with Necrophages. And then we're going to go with All Shall Perish. And, we're gonna, and it was just like, oh my fucking God. Like, <laughs> and, and to me, it was like this moment. And I was just alone in this empty store that nobody shopped at with my manager, who I'm still friends with. Her name's Michelle. And I was just like, what do I do, Michelle? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. probably like 21 years old. I don't know. And she was like, I was working at a video store and a pants store and like going to college. He was like, you gotta go do this right now. Yeah. And like, I, I knew that I needed that, but just like even hearing your boss being like, quit this stupid job and go on tour. And like, what was her, what was her be, name? Her name's Michelle. Great, great advice. Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. She's cool. I saw her at a wedding recently. Uh, she's married to my buddy. Bauer. I mean, age, they're both you, my friends. You take that chance at that age. Yeah. No doubt, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And she was just like, you can go back to school. You can, get a job like this when you come back it's no big deal and like it, it, it's not like what solidified it in me but it made me feel like you know what like this person who probably hates death metal and knows nothing about it like knows nothing about this situation at all is just saying like you need to do that mm-hmm. it was was like a nice push totally and here i am you know uh, we went on tour for a long time um I'm not really sure like where, where it fizzled for me, but it it just kind of did like, we were all like living in disparate areas of the country. Like our drummer wasn't in the state. I was living in Santa Cruz. Everyone is in LA, like just kind of wasn't moving. And like some opportunities came up for me, like career wise that it was just like, if I don't do this now, I might not make it out of of my twenties being able to sustain myself. And like the state of music was a lot different back then too. Like Mm -hmm. we did not have 
Facebook. We did not have um, Instagram. We didn't have internet streaming on like a nice organized way. We didn't have a way to market ourselves that well. Like we were really relying on label and stuff. So like my, my vision for the future wasn't as like maybe it would have been if I started touring like five years ago or even like three, three years later, you know, I could be like, Oh, there's like ways to, yeah. to, to keep this lifestyle going and like use whatever notoriety or personality or just like connections that you're able to make to preserve this, this type of lifestyle. And like, I wouldn't expect a fancy one or anything, but like at that time, like I didn't have a path laid out that made sense for me as like a, a functioning adult. And I just had to make like a pretty adult decision and get out the touring game full time. Yeah. yeah Internet like, sleuths have deduced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a trip for like, uh, cause we got to tour together like multiple times and yeah. it's, it, it was just a trip to like me and Derek were literally like toddlers together. You know, like yeah. we went to fucking catechism together. Like, cause we thought that's where everyone was going and we're like, Oh, everyone's going there. We're going to go. We're like, we're like four or five years old. And our parents are dropping us off and we're like, what's the, Oh, I'm just trying to be with my friends and like reading like, fucking the bible and stuff like, oh, it's kind of it's kind of weird but uh <laughs> we read the but, bible uh, there no i, I must have like blocked a, that out no it was a uh, i have a like a random memory it was off of uh it was right across from the hind quarter kind of over that area there was like a, across the street there was like a place that we went in like catechism or something and uh oh that's where my my parents would go to church right okay. right across from the hind quarter that's what it was then yeah i remember like, i have a very basic memory of it but fast forwarding to us touring together and i remember it was like it was my birthday in atlanta i remember one time and he gave this shout out on stage to me like you were like dude we fucking have been like babies and now we're like on the same tour package yeah. it's like such a weird path that everything like turned out that we're just on this fucking tour together and we're still hanging out and stuff like that it just so it's, it was such a synchronicity and you guys are working for satan so yeah, something backfired in the early life if you think about it it's like if they eradicated catechism i bet you more kids would get hooked on the bible that's like a death metal song title this next one is called (laughs) eradication of catechism (laughs) it's like got the right syllables it like punctuates properly (laughs) it hits but i can't think of how how justin and i really really met i remember I think Wes from Alluvial fame, I think he posted the Zenith passage being like, oh, there's like still good tech death metal coming out. This is kind of shocking because there was like a drought for a long time. I feel like we're in like tech death heaven right now. There's so many bands that like, I can't even listen to them. It's just like, uh, this is probably better than anything I've ever done, but I just like can't commit to this right now. (laughs) But, um, I remember reading that. And I think I left a comment or something. I was like, "Oh, I, actually, yeah, I didn't think, I didn't think this. I thought the genre kind of dried up." And then I heard that, and then I think we became Facebook friends or something. I think the first time we hung out, we went to um, the Star Wars movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Dustin got us into the Star Wars movie yeah. for some reason with free I, I popcorn, worked, free I sodas. There, dude. You guys, snuck, you, guys snuck, you guys snuck in or what? We snuck in, yeah. <laughs> no, it was like friends and family night, yeah. okay. and uh, we we went we, we went to the movies. It was tight. Yeah, that was that was fun. And then um, just from there, like we've got a we've got a group text going for the last few years. 
there's just always these these moments where I've like kind of playfully been like, Oh, when, you know, when you, when you need somebody, let me know. Or like, when are we going to do a project or when's this going to happen? Or let's all do something. And then just kind of happened that it might work out for me to start doing some vocals for Zenith. And here we are. Now I got to learn this crazy back catalog <laughs> of songs that some Greg somehow pumped out of his, his voice. And you got it, dude. Yeah. I got to I'm in like deep listening mode right now. Like every, I, full disclosure i hardly listen to music <laughs> these days like I, i'm not one of those people like i work a lot and i don't i'm one of those people who can't like listen and work at the same time because okay. like i get so invested in trying to figure out the songs like mm-hmm. even if it's not something i'm working i'm like whoa that's super interesting i'm gonna listen to that like five times and then i get distracted from working so i just like sit in silence and stare into the void and <laughs> but so now like when i'm driving anywhere or like walking my dog i put the zenith passage on and i'm just like memorizing and and it's also inspiring for like what i need to aspire to do on future songs as we start to work on more and more new stuff totally i actually got a a quick uh random story that i always want to tell the fucking podcast um so i just got this in the mail the other day so it's a So spastic ink vinyl. Yeah, oh, I sent, I sent Trevor the link to that. He probably turned you onto it. I, I knew this was gonna come up, dude. No, he, uh, <laughs> he he did. He's like, you have an orders? What's going on? It has like a fucking he. His is open stuff. It has a bunch of cool stories about every song. Oh, and that's like, it's, sick. It's super. It's a it's a double vinyl, and uh, so, um, so awesome. Jarzenbeck did a solo on our album in 2007 <laughs> or six, and uh, yep. basically he came out to a show in uh, in uh, San Antonio. And we're all, we're all hanging out there and just like, and just Jarzamek shows up. We're like, shit, he actually showed up. Like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> it's actually like a thing now. Like, we're like, yep. kind of like, we're kind of freaked out because it's like Jarzenbeck. It's like one of my favorite guitar players. I'm sure most people's favorite guitar players are into like the crazy technical weird stuff. And, um, I actually was like trying to get him, I, I talked about in the, the Michael episode, but trying to, I was trying to get him to go up to Michael and just go like this and be like, and then walk away <laughs> <laughs> was like my main thing. I was like joking around with him. And then, um, fucking, he was leaving. I think it was like the end of the show. And it's me, Derek, and I forget who was sitting next to me. But uh, it was it was me, Derek, and we're sitting at the like a bar outside at the at the uh, White Rabbit, White Rabbit. And uh, he's saying bye, and fucking, we're doing the handshakes and hugs. And then Derek puts his hand out, and Jordan uh, <laughs> Beck just misses it and just like <laughs> walks right by him. And fucking Derek just turns without a fucking like a beat, just turns to his whole dis by the jars. <laughs> we started like, like literally, it's still a thing we talk about to this day, and that happened like, dude, over I love a decade that ago. Story, dude. Dis by the jars. Dis by the jars. His eyes right were like this. Uh, Derek's eyes were like this. He'll dis by the jars. As soon as the, uh, we, I found out that we were having the Zenith passage episode, and Derek was. Derek dis by the jars jars immediately wait can you not <laughs> me drunk alert thing because i can't oh, yeah, yeah. spit words out right now but uh yeah, yeah. dude dis by the jars immediately <laughs> came to my head dude i'm like this has got to come up tonight at some point dude <laughs> yeah yeah no i literally i saw that when we were first starting i was like dude i'm fucking grabbing that album i was gonna like show it off at first and i was like no i got that i got a story behind this this by the jars is still oh, a fucking saying. Vinyl, dude. It's is like, that a colored vinyl or is it just regular? It's 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 actually it's pretty cool because it's one of those splattered vinyls, you know, one of those splatter paint vinyls. But the thing is, it's like the fucking spastic ink like all that. over it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like one of the one of the first albums that makes sense. Like what's like with the, the, you know, splattered, like doing yeah, that, yeah, splattered, yeah. you know. Well, it's interesting yeah. about that release is that 
they just repressed it on vinyl and I sent it to, to Trevor, who you guys all know, who maybe the people, friends of the podcast know he lives with Joel, but, um, the good homie. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) I sent it to him. And then as, as we were looking at it, it was, there's two versions of each one. They did, they did a pressing with vocals and a pressing without vocals for each of the, I'm not sure how many records they have, but for the two records that they had repressed two records. Yeah. And Which, so, I, so I just thought that was interesting. They have an instrumental version and a and a non instrumental version. Incompatible, incompatible. The one metal? after this has has no has vocals. So maybe they did a pressing of incompatible with. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was pretty interesting because like vinyls hard to make right now, and like there's enough appetite for that to make two different pressings. It's oh, cool totally. the resurgence in in physical media. You know, cassette. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know the minim, minimal. 100 cassette runs and these vinyl pressings that everybody's doing now it's it's super cool to have our record as a vinyl now yeah i finally got a a vinyl of my own album it's it's cool you know that's what it took for me to start buying physical media again like um like i hit a life goal a few years ago of of getting a record on relapse records with with john from and like relapse does sick vinyl pressings and like we got to be part of the decision-making process of like, Oh, how's it going to, you know, what's it going to look like? Let's do it this way. We only had one colored variant, but it like works perfectly with the record. And I got my three copies and I was like, well, now I got to put these somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, these are so cool too. And like, I just had like a, a moment where I was like, I need to start supporting music again. Cause like, I want people to have my record. So I should get other people's records too. And exactly. like, I have a, it's not like crazy big, but you know, it's like, hundreds of records big in the last few years because I was just like, like you said, there's all these limited pressings. I listen to like pretty obscure, like unlistenable black metal these days. And it's just like raw shit that nobody wants to hear. But for whatever reason, there's like a very small corner of the world that wants to hear it. So it's like out of a hundred records out of 50, like you have to be up at 6am and it sells out instantly. And it's just like, I don't know. It's it's kind of fun being a collector of it, and you get to support underground music. Like I even find myself buying records that I'm not like super stoked on, but it's just like these guys deserve recognition totally. and and some money, so I'm going to buy this thing. Hell yeah! And it comes totally. as a whole little package, dude. And that's the whole thing. It's like the the flipping through the booklet and reading mm. all the reading lyrics everything. and yeah, all and the inner okay. artwork and and reading all the liner notes of who was yeah. involved and. It, it, it's a whole process and you're doing that while you're listening to the record. And yes, you just have this, uh, we grew up as collectors. So it's like putting your shit out, and, you know, alphabetizing, cleaning mm-hmm. up your, oh, I love that alphabetized collection. You know, it's just like, hey, if I want something, I know exactly how to find it. And you, you know, totally. But I, I can't open up that, too. that, that, Oh yeah, dude. I, the, rab- the, the rabbit hole of vinyl though is just something that i can't do as a father of three now dude yeah as soon as it happens dude as soon as it happens i'm gonna be like oh dude i gotta get this record player i gotta get these needles i gotta I, and then i'll just be on fucking discogs.com all motherfucking yeah. <laughs> day just digging through fucking virtual crates to find all the sick shit you know it, it's funny because vinyl for like the longest time or your parents might think is like the cheapest format right because it's like you go to goodwill and you can get like a record for a quarter but like mm-hmm. metal vinyl isn't cheap 
And like no. the resale <laughs> on it's even crazier. It's almost yeah, like actually. Jordans on the aftermarket or something. Jordans. Yep. <laughs> like Funnel Jordans. Like some of these <laughs> records, they'll you buy them for like twenty bucks and the next day there's people flipping them for like hundred and fifty. And it's like, first of all, that's like not what metal is about. <laughs> like not come on. Not at all. Uh we, we're a pretty small subgroup of folks here. We should be nice to each other and like support it properly mm -hmm. or like okay if you sell that for 150 bucks like please send a hundred dollars of it to the band right or uh, no one will ever do that but um there's there's it's, probably it's like the, it's antithetical to like i think our community to try and flip a product that, that somebody you yeah. admire created well that's 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 the thing like the dudes who are hiking it up to 150 probably aren't even a fan of the band they just you know somehow found a situation where they know that they're like uh, it's a hot commodity and if it's a limited thing they're going to get in there because they're going to be able to make it you know whatever they can make on the secondary yeah totally there's like there's that a dude a bunch of shit totally there's a dude that we found on ebay who was selling a first pressing of cosmic for like 100 bucks really yeah, yeah i went to a record store i don't know like three years four years ago probably at this point and they had a copy of Planetary up. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know Planetary got made on vinyl. That's cool. Uh, and I got closer to it. And they're selling it for $150. And I was like, this is so fucking stupid. And so I, like, I'm not even in contact with, like, the record label people. But I, like, texted Ash immediately. I was like, I'm coming to the office. I'm getting some records. And, like, I grabbed, I grabbed, like, 10 of each record so I could give them to all the guys in the band. Because I know for a fact most of us didn't have them. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. like, recently... Just like getting into record collecting, I've met people who are like, "Oh, if you ever come across like some faceless records, like, I'll I'll pay whatever you want for them." Yeah. You know, and like I I sold them to a couple people that I barely know the other day, but you know, I for twenty five dollars shipped or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. I forget what I charged them, but it was like this is what a rec a metal record costs. I'm not going to charge you more for my thing because other people are willing to pay for it. That's not what we're here for. Did so, he ask you to sign it and all that shit too? One of them did, yeah. What is, have it a about, summer. what is it about 180 gram? Like the heavier the record, the better high, higher definition sound? I think it's just the idea that like there's more surface area and more weight. So like a lot of a record could potentially slip, right? If there's not enough drag or if the drag is too much. Mm -hmm. so I think 180 gram just allows for the record to be flatter and like s stay put. Yeah. Cause like you can even buy like a little weight to put in the center of your turntable that will hold the record down. I bet like a heavier record might uh, just perform a little better. Okay. Or it might resonate through the additional uh, vinyl as well a little differently. I'm not sure though. I'm not, I'm not too, too in the weeds on it. I just know I, it never warp. Costco. Thanks David. Got oh out. yeah. Thank you. So um, yeah, that, I think that's the, the, the main attraction. I probably, I probably already said this on the podcast in the past, but it's like to to wrap your head around like it's a it's a swirl from the center outward or inward. Where do you start a record? In the, start it in on the, the outside, and then it goes towards the okay, center. So yeah. and and it swirls in ever so slightly, and it's following a pattern of grooves that eventually the vibrations of those grooves travel up the needle. And it's fucking <laughs> yeah, you know, the faceless like, or odious mortem. Or fucking, there's literally no way that anyone could explain how sound is produced off of any media that would make yeah. sense to me. You know, it's like 
Well, the CD is different because there's a lasers <laughs> the fucking laser. shooting into this piece of plastic, and then it con- it's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. it still blows my fucking head it, apart, dude. It does not compute. And then, like, the idea that like the tiniest like microscopic groove in a piece of plastic on a record player that goes through this like neat hollow arm with a needle on the end of it comes mm-hmm. out playing like fucking yeah. epitaph yeah. <laughs> I'm like wait i start wait. To like giddy in my stomach and, and feeling like the oh i have no idea what's going on right yeah now. it's you it's know? it's truly magic unless you are smart and you understand it but i i'm gonna Giannis suspend that disbelief and let it be magic us. we should bring Giannis on and see if he can explain how records work he's the physics <laughs> guy dude oh yeah we had him on recently he's the guy from a uh, covatus and he like he basically oh, quit covatus to be a like a what he had a physics degree yeah or? he he on some he's in on some team or in some company that developed like a uh uh machine to catch cancer right yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. he's also like yeah he's a physics major he's a physicist guys well, it's one of those like, things though that like i don't care to understand yeah like yeah it's, 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 it's almost fun this way like i went to i went to the mystery spot three weeks ago in santa cruz <laughs> I don't know if, if you don't know what the mystery spot is it's this gravitational anomaly in the middle of the forest where you go and you stand in this fucking shack but you're standing at like a 45 degree angle yeah, and, and they yeah, make water, water roll uphill, uphill. Yeah. and they make it you know it's it's a roadside attraction and it's obviously a scam but it's <laughs> fucking awesome and like when you're there it's so fun and it's just like how are you doing this it's like i don't even care you know i i started to talk to my girlfriend about it after i was like what is it like what's going on she's like it doesn't matter like mm-hmm. the it's better that you don't yeah. know i'm sure we could look this up and figure it out but like why would you do that yeah it would take i mean of course like there's science behind everything and you should do your best to understand things that are important to understand but like for me I'm fine just being like, whoa, I'm dropping a needle on this piece of plastic and now I've got my favorite music. Maybe that's hitting up like the childhood, like wonder of things, you know, like we're, we're actually getting like a little taste of what it was like to be a child and just to have like this wonder about some certain thing. Yeah. But it's so fascinating, so mesmerizing, but you can't explain it to our brains at that time because we wouldn't be able to understand it. And we still have those situations now as adults and Yeah riding that out instead of just fucking figuring it out that's boring dude yeah well, what, what really i think is really cool boring. about vinyl too is that it's like a super super old thing that has somehow yeah. stood the test of time so like i i'm not even going to try and date it but you know probably like a couple hundred years at least of people listening to music in this capacity and somehow <laughs> it has like maintained i think that's something pretty cool to, to hang on to from like, like a traditional for- audiophile like ways too it's still like considered like one of the better ways to listen to music it's like i honestly don't buy that like (laughs) (laughs) i I don't i don't have a record player so i can't i I like though like what anthony was talking about earlier where it's kind of like it becomes you have to go and decide that you're going to listen to music right now it's not like i'm gonna walk the dog i might as well listen to some zenith passage to learn the songs it's Uh like yeah i'm making the conscious decision to like Disturb my organized music, mm-hmm. set it up, clean the disc, drop the record, sit on the couch, open the booklet, read all the lyrics, and like it, I find it to be, it's probably all bullshit because you can do that with any media, but for me, it's the media that connects me a little deeper totally. with it. 
ritual. I, I remember sitting and just being high as fuck, reading <laughs> along to like agoraphobic nosebleed, frozen corpse stuff with dope, and you're just like, the fuck's going on in my head or their heads right now? The record fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that whole that whole band rules so hard. Gore Apocalypse oh, is like such a good it, record if you I haven't listened and, to it in the last few that, years. Like that's the one that I try and say, okay, guys, I've been saying agoraphobic nosebleed for so many years, and you guys laugh at me all the time. This one, please <laughs> sit down because they finally got something that I guarantee you would be down with. Like DK, oh, Dan good. Kenny. That was the first agoraphobic nosebleed record where he was like, Oh shit, okay. They fucking are dope, you know. I, I listened to them recently, yeah. Yeah. Check it all cool. out, dude. Just fucking cyber grind your psych psychedelic mind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, son. Um, Damn, bumper son. sticker. You guys, you guys are talking about you know like childish kind of ways of asking questions about. I just taught a lesson today, and I have like a seven or eight year old guitar student, and I like brought my electric today. We usually do like acoustic and acoustic, but I just forgot my acoustic, so I just brought my electric from my car, and and she was like so why is an electric not as loud as an acoustic and i yeah. like explain the difference between like a hollow body guitar and the wood and how the wood resonates and like it's true like kids like ask all these questions that like we just take for granted but like not a lot of people could even explain how a guitar works you know if you actually have to ask so i don't know it's just cool that you mentioned that i just like thought back to that today i nice. wonder oh yeah wonder okay. dude Mystery. And then I was like, you suck. We got to get you better real fast. Let's go. <laughs> Here's Epitaph, kid. All right, yeah. let's do some three-string boogie yeah. and let's get through this real fast. Because exactly. I've, so I've just, made a... Know, auditioning. Yeah. So. I'm not, I'm not going to achieve it, but I made like a goal that I want to learn how to play the Black Album on guitar like within a year. I think I can do it. That's a goal. Yeah, I, I was like trying to learn some some like kind of basic songs on guitar, and like as I was learning the shapes, I was like, I bet this is just Metallica songs too. And like I've started tabbing stuff out and or looking up tabs rather. I, I was learning um, that, but true the other day. I think I can do it, dude. Uh, that album is sick, dude. Yeah, it's good. Its production is incredible. The guitar. Oh, it's tone. one of my favorite productions ever. Dude, oh, the drum dude. production, oh, everything about yeah. it is so good. Yeah, yeah. That's well, some of my time, childhood wonder. Like, my brother I, I, had the Black Album tab book, and I remember oh, learning. Sick. Um, I love Savage Root. Like, when I learned, when I played that the first time, I was like, I can play guitar. Yeah. Now, I probably could do it better then than I can now, but I want to get decent at guitar so I can like buy a cool guitar like this one. Wait. Yeah. How does the camera work? This that's Iron really, Bird. Do you gotta get that Iron? I know. I want to. I want an Iron Bird really bad. They're kind of trendy right now for DM heads, but they're cool. It's it's funny actually. You said DM. So um, when you were on Cheney and uh, Naveen's podcast, we went to a bonfire like a couple days after like uh, got released, and I was like, dude, they say DM for everything, dude. Like, am I like forgetting? Uh, am I, like, out of the loop? Am I out of the loop now? Like, what's going on? What's a, this is DM? And I was like, I think DM's kind of. Like kind of a funny thing to say now. Like I think it's like <laughs> it's like dude. That it sounds like a pretty DM bonfire. You're right. Yeah, Literally, I know. <laughs> exactly. I know. Uh, Trevor. I was talking to Trevor about that last night, and he was like, 
we were cracking up at uh Derek going like, dude, is that that uh platform you use for the podcast? Is that pretty DM? Is that the DM? <laughs> 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 I was like, all right. Was okay. that the, the DM thing wait, to me? What does it mean? What do you, wait? What? Death metal. Death metal. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought of reference. Uh, for for me, it's almost like a. It almost became like a Tim and Eric sketch, you know, when it's like the first ten hey, times man, they dude. say the word, it's not funny. Yeah, and then like Dude. once you commit to saying it, so yeah, they, <laughs> they <laughs> brother. And <laughs> eventually, uh, like it yeah. became funny to me. Like, I was like, "How? Why have I said this so much? I'm going to continue saying it." And like it, it was working for me. I yeah, think yeah. we were just kind of DM vibing. What's DM working vibing. for me right now is that yeah. every fucking reference you have this podcast, you sound like you should be my best friend, Derek. Dude. <laughs> be best friends. You guys never too like, late. We look the same. You guys look like brothers. Tim dude. and Eric, fucking Opeth. What else do we got? Everything. Uh, I was just like, ding, 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 playing Elden Ring right now. What's up, brother? <laughs> no, he's in a bunch of underground black metal, though. He's like, I am, dude. When you were like unlistenable black metal, I'm like, wait, I can listen to that. He's old Dota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, dude, for yeah. sure. I'm down with I'm down with uh all the weird Norwegian shit. I love fucking I like that second wave that got like really avant-garde and weird, dude. Like all that stuff that came out of you know because black metal was strange because as soon as it got popular, none of them wanted to do it anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of even like changed change yeah. styles like like over because stop being a black metal band exactly that's like because that it, the whole point of it was that they were trying to do something that nobody else was doing and then now then other people started doing it and they're like okay well let's do something else now yeah and so yeah that those guys that were like pushing that that envelope and and really you know expanding the walls and boundaries of what was going on there like that that little flare up right there is like my favorite spot in Norwegian black metal history. I like, totally. a, I like a lot of what the, the French folk have been doing oh, the last few years. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, that's spell Omega. That's where it started just, for me to get into the French scene. But yeah, dude, that's kind of starting off. in the conversation with that spell, but like yeah. the, Which, there's a lot of people yeah. in, in France who are doing really fucking sick. Call stuff. back, like, man. Uh, Call like back to band. SMN news yeah. real quick. That's where I found that spell was like, there was like a avant-garde weird twisted little thread where everybody was just dropping a bunch of that <laughs> shit. And all of a sudden I found Foss and I was just like, yeah, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Yeah, harmonic set. It's, it's super. Dare, dare something. Day free. What's that one band? Dare. Der Eigen. Yeah, Friday. I know uh, Cheney and Naveen are all about them. Yeah, right that's the one I heard. Um, this band, uh, I'm wearing their T-shirt called Plebeian Grandstand. Like uh, one of the best albums. They put year. out my favorite record of last year. Uh, nice. Chaos. Yeah, I've heard of them. Your I actually anger, haven't heard dude. Me, but I've heard of them. The, um, the I celebrate their discography, but the the one that might be a better starting point would be the previous record called uh, "False Highs, True Lows." Yeah, that's a good one. And um, it's just. But you say it was a. a I remember you showed me them. And you're like, yeah, it's like a digestible death spell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you could listen to it and remember a part. So, um, but the, the new one is, is nuts. that's like a fucking, that's a lyric right there, dude. That's another dude. song title. For real, dude. Dude, yeah. we are you sick work. fucks? <laughs> I just have all dust, bro. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, but have you heard this band? What did we say earlier? uh, Eradicate the eradicate eradicate catechism, catechism Catechism eradication. Catechism and then like it depends how many syllables you need to fit the riff and right, you just right. like finesse it properly Asian or yeah 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 asian <laughs> you know you know mm-hmm. of the and uh you know we got we got tricks in the death in the dm game for show hell yeah oh, Fuck. What, what do we got coming up then justin we've we're we're in a band now friends we're in a band we're playing music playing dm mm-hmm. <laughs> <Joel with that. laughs> you guys are like doing subliminal. a sick, a little uh, uh, part of a this is an unbelievable <laughs> tour to be yeah. honest yeah yeah so you're doing i wish we were on 20, more of it may 24th to 27th so you're doing uh all the cali dates oh fuck yeah yeah, yeah. so you're, are you gonna yeah. be in uh, i can't see we'll be in berkeley <laughs> We'll see oh, you yeah. at Berkeley. Be I hope to see everybody on this call at, at least one of these dates. Yeah, all the homies. Oh, oh, brick by brick, I see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Gotta come out, man. Cool. Dude, Alluvia. Yeah, Jesus. I remember uh, yeah, we did a Warforged episode, and he's all, he's all, we got a, I got a fucking sick tour announcement, but I can't say it. And after after it was over, he was like, dude, it's going to be fucking Fallujah, Rivers of Nile, Alluvial. Like, you, like, I don't know. I was like so stoked because to see like yeah, West out them. there. Yeah, that yeah. Berkeley Cornerstone spots. Uh, I've been hearing good things about. I that. like that I've spot. Never been, never been. It's really cool. I'm, we played the Death Fest there, uh, Bay Area Death Fest there. Nice. Oh, cool, awesome. They have yeah, like no, really good beer selection. I'm gonna see uh, Leprous there. Leprous there on uh, the 24th. You know, nice. Nice. Love Leprous. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Death leprous. <laughs> Death leprous. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick, though. I mean, um, so I mean, after this, I mean, obviously, so you guys obviously are working on stuff. Is there like album things? Is there like what 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 can you tell us about what's coming up in your guys' future? Uh, yeah, there's like, two albums coming out. Um, one of which that is, uh, I think they're together cohesively. I think they balance each other, but they're vastly different from one another. Um. One's like a death metal record, like pure, purely DM and like mechanical. TDM. TDM, yeah. Very uh, mechanical in a sense. And the other one's like very symphonic and more human. SDM. SDM. <laughs> <laughs> Plan that one for your kid. <laughs> I'm going to start saying DM forever now. It's DM now. I'm fucked. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, just uh, getting those done. Um, we have a, another song coming out very soon. Um, music video, all that good stuff, and then yeah, Any, if anybody's still in the chat room, I, I I don't know how this thing works, but we need some ideas for a music video. Feel free to yeah. to drop them yeah, in the dude. chat if you got them. We're doing green screen. That's all. Yeah, we're doing know. green screen again. Okay, the so last one came out pretty fucking funny. What's, so. the concept, funny. what's the concept of the song? Like maybe that should have something to do with the video. It's, it's you tech man. <laughs> <laughs> the video would implode. Uh, no, it's kind of like uh, aligned with a similar theme of the previous song, um, where it's just about like how we have this amazing tool of technology that can that can bring people together, but seems to be pretty divisive, at least at this point in the timeline. Totally. And just kind of like how, even if you think you're being brought together, there's something happening whether you know it or not or it knows it or not that is like just trying to segregate each person away into their own little rabbit hole yeah is 
you know, it can be cool for some things, but can be dangerous for others and like not, not cool at all for many things. So yeah. it's kind of, I mean, I work at a giant tech company and think about algorithms and uh, how technology interfaces with people all the time. So uh, it's kind of thinking about the, the DM side of all that <laughs> and bringing it into the light. Dude, I'm so, we're going to, this is, that's going to be like a new thing on the show now, dude. I'm going to start figuring out all the things I could use DM for. Hell yeah. <laughs> It's you just say that like, that's DM, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I saw that episode with you guys and Chaney and, and uh, Naveen and stuff, and I was like, I was, I was, maybe it was kind of butthurt. I was like, dude, I want to be a part of the making that DM thing. That would be fun. <laughs> 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 uh, but now I'm going to use it forever. But uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely. Death metal so- is hard to say. It's like, you got to go from to really fast. Yeah, dude, fuck that. DM. Much work, man. All about oh efficiency God. over here. Or, I mean, just to that's why Justin picks what, like this. Expand for expand for Oh my Ex-exit. God, Exxon, dude. I want to expand for Exxon. How oh, I can't even fucking <laughs> just do an it, abbreviation, dude. dude. ESM. Yeah, ESS. I just want to expand. EFS. For a second, I just want to. It doesn't have to be for a certain amount of time. It's because we were talking about physical stuff earlier what you're talking about has has eliminated the physical aspect of connection and that's the divisiveness that's happening within what you're talking about dude like the internet being a way that we can all be so connected yet we're not you know the physical connection is lost i mean it, we it kind of started as a i mean it, it's don't get me wrong like we love to focus on the negative uh, the the Biggest complainers have the loudest voices, et cetera, et cetera. The internet is a wonderful tool that has done far more good than it could ever do bad, I think. But, you know, um, we get to see as as it gets more and more used and, you know, more and more people have more and more avenues to express more and more things. We we get to find out about really good things and really bad things. And uh, I think maybe when it started, it was more like, I think I'm stealing this from a documentary but it was like, you know, it was like about sharing cat pictures and like sending an email to your grandma. Like, isn't this crazy? This isn't a letter anymore. Yeah. Here's a picture of me. And then like how quickly it evolves into me, like posting on Lambo being like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, Hatebreed <laughs> is the best band ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I forgot yeah. to, to talk about one of the most important steps on my musical journey was when I bought the Hellfest 2000 DVD. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And the Hellfest 2000 DVD, Hellfest was a show that took place in New Jersey uh, with, like, all the sickest hardcore bands. And so this one had, like, Converge and Bane and One King Down and I think Hatebreed was on it and 18 Visions, Poison the Well. Um, And that, that was, like, another, like, it went, like, Great Southern Trend Kill. And then it went, like, Hellfest 2000 DVD. And I was like, oh, my God, like... This is bringing something that I didn't know and I, I still can't describe, but like something clicked there for me. Is I also that the remember one with Red Cord on that Red Cord played. No, I don't yeah. even think Red Red Cord was. There was a Hellfest that around. did have Red Cord on it. It was like the like one of the early ones. Is like the I remember Derek bringing this over when we were like jamming together back in the day. He was like, yeah. dude, this fucking thing. Check this out. Like, and we would just sit, we'd watch it like religiously. We watch it well, because we hadn't seen crowds like that. I don't think before. Like yeah. like how yeah. people yeah. act at like a hardcore show is a lot different than people act at a at a DM show, <laughs> and. <laughs> 
Like totally. there's like people jumping out of the rafters of this building and like tearing the stage down. And like they had to, they had to shut the headlining band off because it was getting too crazy. And it was just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And like that, I think might've been what sparked it for me. And like, how can I get closer to that energy? And I just wanted to shout out Hellfest 2000 DVD <laughs> before <laughs> yeah. I lost that opportunity. <laughs> but back on like to the, to the internet thing, like, it's pretty much designed to be a global community, but like communities can kind of become toxic and um, we certain, certain things get, get that attention. So don't get me wrong. Like I love, I love playing games with the boys. I love going on there and I chat with my friends every day on it, but you know, especially what we've seen over the last couple of years, what's going on in the world these days over COVID, you know, there's just like, a lot of a lot of stuff floating around and if you get on i don't want to say the wrong track because you're a human and you can decide whatever track is right for you but if you get put on like a path you didn't really mean to it's going to take you down there because it thinks that's what you like and pretty mm-hmm. soon you might be thinking the wrong thing you might you might get taken down the path you think is wrong and maybe it's right but there's just like something out of all of our control and like i work i work at netflix and we have a very powerful you know tool that figures out what, what you like to watch. You know, that's, yeah. that's like what makes Netflix pretty cool. It does a good job at figuring out who you are and what you like, but it's also really scary. And so like YouTube does the same thing on like a way grander scale. It's not just like fictional entertainment. It can take you down anywhere. And um, I'm not really much of a YouTube watcher, so I can't speak much more than that, but I just watched some documentaries, got inspired about, you know, where we are as a society and in where we are in humanity and what to maybe be cautious of or be aware of. And Totally, dude. As a dad, I know that YouTube can be a very, very dangerous thing for your children if you don't pay attention. So I don't even really let them go on YouTube because of the innocence and, and how so quickly they can be taken down a path of of you know there's there's really weird shit dude there's there's... first you're watching a toy unboxing video next thing you're like whipping (laughs) whipping baking soda in the pyrex you couldn't know how to make crack all of a sudden like well i I heard about like people who like dress up in like spider-man costumes and shit but then they do like weird inappropriate things with other characters and they make it all like it's the same thing like if mm. you saw a list, uh, if you saw a list of videos that would be the algorithm of your child's watching, it would be right in there, looking exactly the same as everything else, dude. But they're they're like pushing different weird ideas into yeah. your children, and if you're not I'm, paying attention, dude, then I'm glad I'm like, not on that algorithm. That one sounds. That <laughs> dude, one sounds my, mine's like mine's like Elden Ring, and then it's like, <laughs> but. Don't you want to know about Bloodborne? And I'm like, I was coming to yeah. PC, dude. I want to, I want to know more about Bloodborne. And it's like, well, <laughs> did you know about Demon Souls? And I'm like, well, yeah, I played it when it came out on PS3, but but I'd like okay, a reminder. Let's go. I'd like a reminder session. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have time to play it again. So tell me all about it so I can relive it. Yeah, totally, dude. And, That's and almost, yeah, as an adult, like you know what's right and what's yeah. wrong, but just if for like the the parents out there who are just like, oh, I got YouTube on my fucking TV now. I can set it and forget it for my kids, and I can go do my own thing while my kids plop down in front of the TV or whatever. They're eventually gonna get to a video that is gonna 
feed them some information that you didn't even know they got fed. And then, you know, your kids already tarnished from this video and you didn't even have anything to do with it because you weren't paying yeah. attention. Well, you did have That's something very to do with it because you weren't paying attention. Yeah, better they grow yeah. up and discover Brother Lynch on their own when they're like <laughs> <laughs> much respect. <laughs> As I'm saying this right now, my kid is a, f a fifth grader, and the first time I heard Lynch was in fifth grade, dude. Yeah, I, I think I got Death Row Greatest Hits in like fourth grade. Yeah, it was, like it was yeah. my my parents definitely were listening to the music that I was listening to to make <laughs> sure it was. <laughs> Uh, uh, wholesome entertainment for a 10 year Yeah, I, I was reflecting on that recently because like one of my favorite comics growing up was The Max. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it was about, it's by um, oh, comics. Sam Keith. Yeah, comic. Yeah, co comic uh, comic book. books. Yeah, I know yeah, this yeah. is a big stand-up group. So comic book <laughs> called The Max, M-A-X-X. -X. MTV had like yeah, yeah. Uh, a cartoon about it. But it's like really, really dark and like really adult themed. And I had no business reading it when I did. And I was just like, my parents were probably just so excited to get me away from them for like an hour when it took me like to read the comic that they just didn't give a shit. They're like, this makes him quiet. And we can like, <laughs> yeah, go, yeah. you know, like sit in the garden and be quiet for a while. <laughs> That's a trip, though, just thinking about, like, how we used to have to, like, find our own path with music and the things that we had to, like, search for back in the day are now algorithms in which, mm -hmm. like, you search for a few things, and now it's like, this is what you need. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. this is what's popular, this is what, like, because you clicked on this, this is what you need to look at now. Back in the day, you used I to I find like, a lot of cool music this way, like, totally. Me too, like, I, like a lot, I like a lot of electronic music. Like, I'm pretty self-sufficient uh, finding metal these days, but, like... yeah. I like a lot of electronic music and if I listen to, or like that's maybe something I can listen to while I'm working and I'll put that on. And then like everything is like, Oh, he likes this now and it'll feed me all this cool stuff. And like, I might not ever return to it, but like it makes me cool mixtapes or it makes me something. And I'm like, I, I get it, but it, it can do that as, with anything. So, well, um, as, as a, I mean, I'm just saying I was like, like, like when the Hellfest 2000 or before that, like this is like feeding you like your young mind. Like now we're like, Oh, cool. That's cool. That's, this is relates to the interest that I have. I will click it and I will listen to it. But like as a as a kid, like clicking around and stuff, it's just like it just forms. It's like it just gives you stuff now. And you're like a, you're a young mind. You're going like, oh, okay, well, this looks cool now because I click this or something like that. And it's like it gives it gives you a path that we had to kind of carve ourselves. I don't know if that makes a sense. Like much sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I just we realized. Were, wait, real quick. Derek just dropped the death row reference dude you didn't even stand up and do your t-shirt fucking live laugh love dude didn't snoop dogg just acquire death row records oh did he the last couple weeks oh, wait, yeah oh, i know sick, you're dude. right dude i did i do remember hearing something they got they got sugar out of there crazy bro that's sick though i think the criminal system got sugar out of there but <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's true too well actually here's a question i want to ask about a uh, uh fucking justin's hair so like the product that you use and that beautiful fucking mane that you have jesus christ why so, you like, gotta talk about hair you've been talking for we need to talk about a fucking panty pro v or the fuck you use this because i need to fucking yes. that fucking mane that you have man that's a that's a beautiful fucking head of hair i'm, 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 I'm touching my freshly shaved head because like, <laughs> I, I wish i had that mane i had to shave this because my shit's fucking fallen out of my head since 26 <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just whatever Nicole gets me. I just put in there. 
That's literally all is it, it is. Like fructis or what's going on there? You're totally uh, you're fruit totally Garnier. <laughs> Brad, Garnier. My wife, my wife buys all my shit for me too, dude. I, I'm just like, hey, get me soap, get me fucking <laughs> yeah, I just put it in there. Really. <laughs> I'll use like a, I'll use like a little dab, like like a little fucking, not even a dime size, dude, and I'll just rub it in like lotion. Is that like just part of the ritual? Like, the well, good old like, days? I, I, no, what I'm thinking <laughs> is like, okay, I'm gonna use shampoo because I think that the stuff in there is also for your scalp. If I use the same body wash, it I might end up with like more dandruff up there. So oh, I'm yeah, like, right, I'm gonna use the shampoo, just a little dime size, and just like scrub it in like lotion. You got to keep it hydrated, dude. Keep it hydrated, dude. Keep that dome hydrated. That's actually, if anyone's listening, I actually just figured this out like last week. So I was getting a bunch of dandruff and I was like, what the fuck? I'll get the dandruff shampoo because I have dandruff. And I was talking to my girlfriend. She was all like, dude, the dandruff shampoo, like if you don't normally have dandruff, that's going to make you, you dandruff. Have it because it's going <laughs> to yeah. want you to keep, was, it's like, keep you buying it. It's going to be a fucking snowstorm like on my shoulders. <laughs> like it was gnarly. I was like, Jesus Christ. And uh, she's like, dude, get a fucking hydrating fucking shampoo. And I got that and it all went away like within a day. Like it was gone. But uh, anyways, you got beautiful hair. Yeah, man. She, she just, she just, she... <laughs> <laughs> Nicole just said biotin shampoo and hair mask. There it is. Yeah, that's what it, it is. is. All right. So <laughs> pro tip you use code pro tip from Cali Death website for 5% off your order. <laughs> Oh man! Or like half of tax. If you want oh, half of tax off, Silson Blue moisturizing. Also oh, Silson Blue. Oh, tea tree oil. I'm re- I'm reading her because she's all about it now. And the and tea tree oil. I remember. I thought tea tree oil. I thought it. But I thought it, that it feels weird. Scalp. Like if you let it, if you let it sit, it like starts to feel like like smell. like nerves are starting to pop off. <laughs> that Doctor Bronner's will get you, dude. Doctor Bronner's. That peppermint joint. That's yeah, what I do. Yeah. Dr. Boners. <laughs> <laughs> I've hung out well, with uh, the CEO. Dr. Of Dr. Bronner? Bronner's. Yep. D- David the doctor Bronner. himself? Wait, that is so random, dude. How did, audi- you, audition? How did you audi- hang out with him and what did you do? I know. He's it's an audition tape. He's a, <laughs> Casting couch. He's a, he's, a big, he's a big supporter of psychedelics. And uh, oh, he, shit. he's friends with all the people at MAPS. So when so I worked that- there, he was at all the events. He would like write like op-eds and like the materials they published and stuff too and like he pledged like five million dollars to maps oh like legalization efforts and stuff and so we'd sure. go to these maps conferences and he would roll in all high as fuck and then he'd like be there all day like doing the science conference and then at night he would like go out and like it'd be like this dubstep fucking spongle like event in like san francisco just super gnarly and david bronner's there just like dancing and i got to like hang out with him dude and, does uh, anybody and also at burning man too i love spongle dude that's one of the dope. top top 10 artists for me maybe top 15 no shit i, yeah. I love that stuff dude i yeah, really I love do that, man. That, yeah that, that the psychedelic you know community is what fed me that osric tentacles that's who you should check out next oh like, dude totally it's like yeah. it's like prog synth like exactly yep it's like What's Joel. Do you remember? Going on? Do you remember that, when we were on tour with Suffocation and they always wanted to listen to Coil? <laughs> the like. Um, <laughs> Wait, Joel's told this story. I know. All no, it was soil. It was coil. Wasn't it? Soil? It was Coil. Coil. It was like an industrial kind of. Yeah. Uh, oh, industrial yeah. EDM, and they'd be like, "I wanna, 
what the fuck ain't going on? And like on the bus, like hammered, drunk, wanting to listen to Coil. I love listening to like VNV Nation. You guys like it, that shit? VNV Nation? You ever heard of that? Industrial? You just brought up industrial, so I'm just. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna drop Come on, guys. I, I, yes, I know, are. like, I've heard it. There's like this industrial club in LA that I've had a lot of fun at, and um, they would definitely be playing that stuff. They would have like three rooms. They would have like the kind of like mainstream, like gothic industrial music coming out. Then they had a '90s room, and then they had like this little shack of a room downstairs called the Noise Room, and that's pretty much where I would hang out. But um, <laughs> yeah, they would definitely play some VNV at that place. Oh, yeah. Actually, you, you talk about Opeth and like how big of an influence is, and for both of us and stuff. But the thing is, actually, one story I actually rarely told is that we were playing Hard Rock in Vegas, and I was like on the fence of Opeth. I was like, eh, and like I think you and Keen like were like. No, dude, this is what you have to listen to. And you guys gave me... Because they were playing it over the the PA after you guys were done playing. And I was like, this shit mm-hmm. is fucking sick. And I think you came up to me and was like, it's fucking Opeth, dude. Like, it's fucking Ghost Reveries. What, what you, where have you been nah. living? Like, yeah, where have you been? <laughs> and I was like, was I literally Reveries? was... No, I was literally just going like this. I'm in love with this. Like, we were like loading gear out. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. And that's where it started for me. I like pushed off Opeth. I was like... Maybe the logo turned me off. I have no idea. Like yeah. so I pushed him off for a similar reason for a really long time. I, I had a I had a friend who had an Opeth poster up in their in their room, but it was alongside posters of bands I didn't like at all. Yeah, mm. and I was like, well, it must be just like that. Yeah. And like for the longest time, I I pushed him off. Then I was like, what what was wrong with me? And yeah. now like it's funny because I like all the bands that were on that wall <laughs> at this point. And it was like <laughs> Mars Volta and um, I can't remember. I, I can't remember who else, but you know, it was like posters. And now I'm like, yeah, those are fucking sick posters. But um, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. The only person I've ever like approached who I don't know after a show in like the, the metal community was Michael Ackerfeld after a, uh, we played this fest in, uh, Checklist of um, the Czech Republic and brutal assault. It was rad. It was such a good show. And then like he was he was there. I think they were either playing the next night or Bloodbath was playing something. I don't I don't remember. But I was like, <gasps> I think I just got a digital camera like for the first time. And I was like, I gotta get a picture with Michael Ackerfeld. And like, I walked up and I was just like, Hey, like I'm really sorry to bother you. I was with Brandon and I was just like, I. You're just like really the only metal vocalist I admire, and I would just like to meet you. Sorry, like can I get a picture? And he was really cool, and he was like really nice. He's like, oh, like what are you doing here? And it's like, oh, we're playing with this band, or I play in this band. He's like, what band? He's like, ah, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know. He's like, no, like who's your band? I said, oh, it's we're called the Faceless. He's like, oh, like I don't even know if he has a son, but he's like, oh, my son likes you guys. Like I don't know if he's just making that up, but I was like, oh, that's really cool. It's like eighteen. Yeah, (laughs) and um. Then like later on that run, we played a we played a fest with Bloodbath. Like, I saw him again, and I I didn't drink at this time. Um, him him and a guy from Catatonia, because that's like who Bloodbath is, were just slugging this bottle of vodka, and I went up to say hi to him again. I was just like, oh hey, like what's up? We're crossing paths again, and like I said like five words, and the guy from Catatonia was just all no talk. Just drink. <laughs> handed me this this bottle, and I was like, had this like 
serious quandary of like my entire life flashing before my eyes as like a, <laughs> like a edging out of straight edge person. Right. And I was just like, yeah, took the drink. I was like, this is, this has so to awesome, be one dude. of the moments. That's the way to do it, man. <laughs> that yeah, wasn't like it. the only time, like, you know, I, I had drank like maybe once or twice before. I didn't know if it was for me yet, but I was still like, have like, overcoming like my this whatever stigma i had attached to it yeah so that that was a, a funny moment i was like trying to, so you to bother him again you know basically and they're like just shut up have that? a drink and leave what's up you had only drink a handful of times before that or whatever yeah the first time i drank was in was on tour in japan and um lyle our drummer at the time and brandon pulled me aside like we're all we we're all friends in the band, but I don't know. We were kind of like being buddies that on that run, and they're like, "All right, man, we're in Japan. <laughs> you're with your you're with your really good friends. You, it's time to have like a cultural experience. We're gonna take you to to the sake bar and like the karaoke bar, and you're gonna have a good time. And you're gonna drink. Doesn't mean that you're a drinker. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. But like I, we think you should do this. And I was just like, I was like that sounds reasonable. You know, let, <laughs> let's go. Sick. And the same thing kind of happened at a fest we played in, in. But I was I was like an actively straight edge person for a really yeah. long time. You were. Like I was not. Growing up and stuff, that's what. Uh, I was not down like at all. And like I was really pissed. My band in high school, we won the Battle of the Bands. And then it, they just bought a sack with it. It was like a yeah. hundred bucks. And they bought like a hundred sack and smoked it that day. <laughs> <laughs> so that obviously came from the punk days. I know. It was yeah, like, yeah. Me and the me I was, and Derek I was friends with some guys who were like into hardcore when I was like in they were in high school, I was in junior high and like I thought they were really cool and they taught me about that thing straight edge and I was like not just like I didn't know there was a, a name for it or I didn't know that there was like other people or that there was a opinion to have on it or there was a community to have an opinion on it. Mm -hmm. and i was like oh these guys are really cool and they like all the same music i like and like we're, we're skating and we're listening to music and like having a good time and like yeah i think this is what i'm going to align with and then just over time like you know, i just realized you can be the same person most people can probably be the same person while imbibing or indulging in whatever vice that they like within reason and it's got oh. a drink and's got a drink <laughs> Mm -hmm. I've got to be high sometimes, you know. It's like how many people with XXX tattoos that I've taken shots with, you know, like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's yeah. like it's like it's it's like a childhood thing. They're like, you know, they get they get like basically like indoctrinated because they're like, oh, like minded minds, let's fucking hang out, let's not do drugs, let's be sober, let's do that, and then they get like tw they turn twenty two or something. They're like, all right, well, it's uh, also like hard to drink when you're not. 21 like you gotta like find someone yeah. to buy you alcohol i think it's pretty convenient it. to be straight edge until you're 21 but um not not to like dismiss it but um i was i was sober until i think 26 what about and, we what about weed i don't fuck with it, it <laughs> have it, you ever it's not for me uh yeah i have i i try it like maybe quarterly i probably actually haven't smoked in like a year but yeah. it's always bad for me like, really it just gets to that, that i wish it was good like most of my friends like smoking and but i'm from a town that everybody assumes i smoke <laughs> uh, yeah. it's like a lot of effort to explain that i don't but um <laughs> no it's just for like sure, dude. I, have my I grow like a self-conscious voice in the back of my head mm -hmm. and like i remember i went to see like uh enslaved 
and and Yob, I think. And I, I love Yob. Yob is a favorite band of mine. And I, I smoked weed by myself in the car and then get high because it's stoner metal. <laughs> and I got in there and they played like one riff and I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and like my my head, the, the second voice in my head was like, You like this? Like, <laughs> you're, you're like who are you trying to fool? And I, I remember distinctly it said my second voice said to me, it was like, no wonder this shit's unpopular. Like <laughs> And then like I, I tried like watching my favorite movie or something a year later while high and this the voice popped up again and he was like, You're pretentious, you asshole. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, I don't like that one. I'm not going to let him out anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely that. brings up the internal dialogue. Like it brings up like yeah. a dial like a, like a, it's like a mystery science theater 3000 of your life. Like it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like three guys just like judging you like, "Oh, you're new that this fucking band sucks." Like, wait, you know, but actually it's funny. Um Yob is playing with Trevor's band in a couple days and uh oh, they're, sick. The... they're so sick. I, I don't okay. know if you've ever seen them, but like they're okay. so good live, and the guy well, you're, is like you're such a sweetheart. A you're making a decision for me because I was going to see it's Carbomb and, and BT Bam and, and at Ooh. the Catalyst mm. at the Catalyst. Oh, show. but the thing is though, the next day they're playing in Berkeley, and Trevor and I are going to we can see him. We're going to see him in Berkeley, so it's like oh, I kind of wanted to see oh. him twice though, but I, I didn't. I don't know Yob, so I'm like, you know, I wasn't like didn't you know like if Yob like was 15 minute long, low ass songs. Yeah, about to. Like oh. <laughs> Justin, you like Yob? Uh, I don't think like, I've actually like gotten through a song. I'm not gonna lie. I right, appreciate so not, it, but so I'm uh, I'm half and half. I need right to now. digest it. I need <laughs> to digest li- it. Listen to like a song off their new, off their latest record. Our, it's called Our Raw Heart. If Can you I like one of your, them, like, you probably like your stream of like trevor and stuff where you're like sending music to because like you send him stuff and then he showed it to me he probably, he probably try, tries to take credit for it but like you're like sending him music where like he's all dude derek's down with this so i'm gonna like listen like you're like one of those like uh, and also you're one of those people that i really respect so it's like if you're gonna send music like send I, i'm down to hear new stuff or hear like what you're listening to even if it's like dark weird black metal I'm, I'm down i'm super down i feel like if you like su- certain people send me stuff and i'm like yeah i'll check it out dude roadside <laughs> roadside you know what i mean but like, that's like uh, almost where i was with dreamer i was like hey, I'll, I'll i'll check it out i don't know me too that's exactly where i was when, when joseph was like you want to hear this demo i was like not really in my head but technical I was like, yeah, progressive <laughs> death metal not thing. really <laughs> and like it was one of those moments where it's like oh man i'm so glad i checked this out but like totally i don't know if i've known you to like any sort of like it's not even mid-paced it's like extremely slow Sludgy stoner like doom metal, you know. Like, I'm, I'm, I've seen Sano like three times. I'm down. I mean, that's uh, that's unlistenable, but <laughs> that's I mean, worth going like, to see once. It's like a drone they have, thing. They have so. 94 amps, though. It's like you know, might as well like see the. It's a, it's pretty cool to see. I saw them when they had um, Attila. I believe he's the the vocalist yeah. for Mayhem, and that was really cool. He came out in like this like crystalline. Where did you see I mean, the whole point of that yeah. stuff is to be like hypnotic, right? Like, like totally, yeah. people in, in a LA. trance of a okay. sort, you know, like a trance. Yeah, they had a Being, like hypnotic with your music. Didn't they have like a punk band on that bill as well? It was weird. It was like a punk band, and we were like moshing, and then Sun came on after that, and that was, <laughs> like a vibe kill. <laughs> I think when I saw him. <laughs> Because the guys in that band, or at least one of them is like the dude behind Southern Lord Records. 
Yeah, and they had signed this like crossover thrash band. I'm trying to remember who they are, but oh, maybe Black Breath, maybe Baptist. I'm thinking like the agnost, the adolescents, the agnost. What is it? Addicts? Something with A, but. Hmm. I, i've recounted this story many times i've never forgotten the band that played but anyway son is pretty <laughs> sick and and attila that was fucking rad that yeah was it, that shit. added like a really cool dimension something yeah. that i don't know if it's a tall tale is that like for black one that record that he did record or vocals on they like put i guess he's claustrophobic i mean again tall tale probably and they put him in a coffin with a microphone and so like <laughs> to make him sound even more scared while he's like stuck in this area that he hates yeah. See, I think I think tech guys are getting into black metal right now, and it's like we yeah, need totally. some of that for sure. We need that theatrics and like some of that emotion, or like just like that artistry. Because I feel you on that. I should we start burying our clothes before shows, friars, <laughs> <laughs> and sniffing dead crow carcasses what's, before we go? What's something dumb honest? we can start doing before shows? Uh, you jar bombs. Or jar bongs. Aritos bongs. Aritos bongs. What <laughs> <laughs> Derek still, used to I, do when he was Edge. Oh no, Haritos was that was Derek actually introduced me to Aritos, dude. I, I just had like, Haritos <laughs> yesterday, guys. I, yeah, I, so dang, I go to Bayarda now, I'm like, dude. give me a Aritos, dude. <laughs> so my, my friends and I who were straight edge, we were we were dangerously sober, is how I would refer to it. And so like we started getting into Haritos pretty hard. Nice. For those of you on the line, Haritos is a is a Mexican soda, Best. like yeah, fucking delicious. Flavors, so and we started flavors. taking beer bongs of it, yeah, <laughs> and then it became a Haritos day. It was it's two days after Christmas. It still is, and um, <laughs> the, the, is. the rule was like the first time we did the the Harbong was like <laughs> mirror, dude. Two feet, like imagine two feet in your head, if you will. Yeah. And then, like the next year, it was like eight feet long, and the rules became you have to drink until you throw up. Mm. And oh, like, <laughs> and then we got a trophy the next year, and yeah, that that's what's my it, experience. What's it like me. to be like jacked up on that much sugar, dude? Like those gotta be like thirty five, forty grams of sugar per bottle at least. Dude. We were pouring liters into that fucker, man. <laughs> and then, like my my buddy's my buddy's lawn, there was this big dead spot that never recovered for all the years that like we remained friends that never it was just brown for the rest of its existence like i mean if you go back to that that lot in la selva beach right now it's like oh, shit. oh nothing grows there it's all you know it's like don't don't let your kids stand in the dead spot <laughs> my gosh fucking nuclear shit, signs around it and shit don't go past this <laughs> what's some dumb shit you got into when you were a kid besides eating mud eating mud besides guitar who said that it still never broke that habit uh man's gotta eat man's gotta eat <laughs> i don't know i don't really know any dumb habits i guess just like we did this stupid thing like because of you know jackass where we would get in trash cans and then we'd shove each other off of staircases in the trash can. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like doing really heinous shit like that. Jackass Some definitely re fucked revolt. everybody up. I, yeah, everybody dude. had to watch their nuts for a while doing that party. Oh man. And shit, oh dude. man. Jackass. I mean, not even... 
Do, were you were you part of a revolt at all, Derek? Remember the revolt stuff with Tommy and Nick Hardesty and stuff like that? Oh no, but I remember it now. Yeah, yeah we we had, we had like, some buddies. Pre Jackass, it was like pre Jackass, wasn't it? Well, before Jackass, there was there was the Big Brother videos, and Big Brother yeah. was a skate magazine yep. that was like, oh yeah, not suitable for children. And then um, there was also didn't Larry Flint? The, there's Pent, uh, what was it? The penthouse guy. Yeah, he bought it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owned it. And then there's also the land speed video, which a lot of people might know as CKY. Yeah. Um, but more popularized, a lot of footage was reused in CKY 2K. But yeah, there was like a couple like precursors to Jackass, like, and and CKY 2 CKY 2K, with Big Brother. Like their their videos are called poop and shit and I can't remember and boob. Boob. Yes. <laughs> Can't forget boob. Steve O had a bunch of footage prior to uh Jackass that he later put out on DVD too. That's it's like crazy that all these dudes were already doing that shit way before they even met each other, basically. Yeah, I know, it was like crazy. a collision course. Like I you know it's actually funny that Steve O actually had a I've heard a story. He used to follow the Grateful Dead around and he would buy a hit of acid for <laughs> two bucks and then he'd sell it for six bucks and then he would get that six bucks buy three hits of acid mm-hmm. until it just turned into him getting sheets of acid and and following the whole tour of grateful dead around and and then till it turned to a book i guess they call it with the hippies called like a book of acid which is like oh my god it's like it's like 20 pages of fucking acid <laughs> and like he's like taking that Turning that until he's like making thousands of dollars and like that's like where he started like his like <laughs> fucking downfall which actually now it's like one of the cooler stories of him you know a, a human being like being in the absolute depths of fucking hell to like now he's like a super positive like hey, yeah succeeding with the barter system dude totally. <laughs> literally success that's like from that's $2. not how the parking lot works man it's supposed to be free love out there totally. <laughs> Yeah, totally. dude, you're supposed to be able to get your grilled cheese and somebody squirt a hit of acid in your eye and fucking... <laughs> oh my God, It's a mellow experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Justin, actually, I want to ask you, because we we talked this about a, like a, beforehand, but your fucking... First of all, your peanut butter and jelly guitar, the second I saw it, I fucking loved it. Oh, I was like, I the colors... Right yeah, yeah. The colors, I was like, that just makes sense to me. And then I was telling you before the podcast, like, uh, that V you have, I was like on the Kiesel website, like trying to make a guitar, like with the, with the tools or whatever. Yeah. The and builder. Like, yeah. The builder. And I had, I made the exact same one minus like the fretboard wood and the color. Um, cause the purple thing I think is fucking sick that you've, Oh like, yeah, dude. I feel like you, but you have like long hair and you're all hot and shit. So people like, <laughs> you with it. Dude, the dude from Weezer is playing a crackle V right now. You can do it. Joel. Oh yeah. That's sick. Yeah, but, he, but I have dude, nothing people... much to offer in guitar. So I'm going to go pee real quick. <laughs> yeah. Maybe number two, if you need, but uh, <laughs> drop a do. But uh, no, actually, when you first put that um that Kiesel peanut butter and jelly, you called it because I remember I didn't know what it was what it was called. I remember you playing it, and I was like, "Damn, that color scheme actually kind of works." Like the, the the brown with the the purple and stuff. Yeah, like the like, baked uh, uh, baked wood, and then like the like they do a really cool finish on it. It's like a quilted maple that they uh, put like a base coat under it, and then they put this translucent purple, so it kind of looks like this shimmery. Kind of holographic kind of like uh, I literally coat. as a as a guitar fan, I was like, I'm down to buy one like right now, as oh, yeah. as is, as, as is. So, like, I mean, are you, I don't know, you have to disclose anything, but I feel like Kiesel should definitely give you 
like a a signature model because I feel like oh yeah, I would love you're, that. You're, yeah, your models are fucking beautiful. I think they're really Thanks, cool dude. guitars, man. I really honestly do. Like a like for me, like not even I hadn't even shook your hand before I saw that, and I was like, damn, that's <laughs> sick. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. So is that a is that like a goal of yours? Or is that it's a definitely a goal. Yeah, like um, a lot of our friends and people that I started with. Um, like on Kiesel, like are now like signature artists, like What's oh up, shit, dude? David Cosgrove, hell yeah, are you ready to go, dude? <laughs> you got one order, it's two orders, yeah, two orders, two orders in, hell yeah, dude. Locked um, yeah, like I mean, Sucker Stairs, he has like a sig out, like it's fucking awesome. Totally. I actually finally got to play it uh, at the Dragon Force show a little bit. It's fucking awesome. And then, yeah, like everyone's getting artist editions, like um, so like I'm I'm definitely trying to make it happen. I just gotta. Have a little more clout, I guess, is what it's pretty much about. Yeah, it's but, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a goal for sure to do that so, one, especially because they don't offer this guitar with a Floyd Rose in it. Like, this is a very uh, one-off guitar because they don't even. First of all, it's not even a Delos. Like a Delos is like the uh, you know the pick guard like model that Kiesel pushes, but people don't realize that's actually a Greg Howe guitar. So Greg oh, Howe is a signature, so that's his his signature, and the reason I got that is because it's the only uh, guitar you can get that has a pickguard on it that comes with a Floyd. Oh, interesting. So I spec'd it out just like that, um, and now they don't even offer a Floyd on a Greg Howe, so it's like it's that's a selling point in itself too. So I don't know. Like I'm definitely down to make it happen, and I, we've been talking about it, but um, they're offered. They they pretty much I can I mean I can talk about it. It's like what not a big deal, but like they pretty much said i can do that but mm. the thing with these artist edition guitars is that you have to market it yourself you got the podcast um, though you got you got, i mean not the podcast but you have your live twitch yeah stream. streaming like, and everything yeah totally like and and like they like i want to do it right and yeah. like make sure it's like i have the the most possible like the biggest possible outlet to do it so i'm like kind of waiting to get these records out um before like swinging on that because it's definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of like making sure it's timed right. Well, after that single you guys dropped, like once this full length comes out, like you, I don't think you'll have any issue doing anything. I hope so. That you be just said. Cool. I don't you think know. you have any issue right now. Honestly, but like, I was just saying with like the clout thing that you're talking about, like if that's what you feel like you need, like I, I 100% think that you're getting plenty of clout once this oh, one comes yeah, out, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, I hope so. It's gonna. It's a long time coming. Um, but yeah, I think we like we have another one coming out like very soon. Um, and I think that's gonna hopefully catch people's attention because it's a little different. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. And I think that I think this this song that's coming out is gonna kind of like give a glimpse into what the future of the Zenith Passage is because like don't get me wrong, I'm a massive like you know extreme death metal fan. DM. 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 <laughs> EDM, uh, but at the same time, it's like if you gotta you gotta grow, and like at the end of the day, I've always been like a prog fan, and you know I I feel Me like too. the Zenith Passage always gets thrown around like Tech Death and blah blah blah, but I'm, I mean it's like the classic saying for everyone who's in these bands is like oh we're not like a tech band like we're just a death model band we're like just a DM band, um, and like I always thought that way too like if or extreme DM or progressive DM. So I think the progressive side, especially now that like Brandon is in the band and he's like an incredible like bass player and, and songwriter and like just m 
the his sense of melody is just fucking top notch. So it's yeah. Totally. yeah, I gotta say, like this this song that we're gonna release, I I don't know, sometime very soon. Um, I was into it, and then then we got Brandon on it, and I was like, holy shit! Like he elevated the song so greatly, and like heard stuff in there that I don't think either of us yeah, were hearing. Totally, and it was just like, where did you come up with that? Mm. And like. Yeah. I, you decided to come in there with that note. Like yeah. that's so crazy to me. And like, there's, there's, there's a specific note that I can think. And I'm like, he's really sitting on that. Oh, fucking awesome. Like, like yeah, brought the, a smile to my face. Yeah. Like the chorusy parts where yeah. it, it kind of get the automation goes up for the bass mm-hmm. to sing through. Yeah. Oh, Brandon's amazing, man. Amazing. Brandon, like literally like I'm, one thing I love about Brandon, it's like one of those guys that like uh, thinks he sucks at everything. <laughs> he's all, this is terrible. Uh, fucking, he's very like, humble. Dude, you played in fucking cynic. Like, I stop. know, dude. Like, stop. Could you stop? Like, you. It was you and Sean Reiner just jamming in practice before tour. Like, you're good. You're amazing, dude. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a legend, I think, man. I think a lot of people that like are good are really good. Like, top notch good are the people that think they suck and think they need to be better. Gilbert you know, talks the same way, dude. Yeah, yeah. Gilbert, yeah, Gilbert is one. like one of the sickest players out he's there. My, like, yeah, totally. It's insane. Like, yeah. and he's but, like, yeah, you just do this. I'm like, wait, what? if if they it, not not think about this though, guys, those types of dudes, if they ended up getting to the point where, like, mentally they actually realized they were sick, would they continue to move forward? That's what, yeah, exactly. Ingve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ingve. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you plateau, man. It's. Yeah, like yeah. You're, it's where your ego becomes gets in the way of your progression as a musician. Totally, yeah. and no one ever totally. wants that. They, but I you, think there's if, like a healthy you're satisfied. Then you're gonna you're gonna move on to something else. I don't know. I think I've said this to other people before, but it's like and I was saying it earlier. As, as the vocalist, I am able to be a fan of the music more than the people writing the music. Mm-hmm. I think, and I sit back and I'm just amazed by like. Justin or Mike when I was in the faceless and Steve and Brandon and all the wonderful players I've had a chance to sit with. And it's just incredible to be able to be surrounded by, by that level of talent. And like everyone's always like, I suck so bad. Or, you know, I was, we were trying to figure out ways like to be able to keep going. And I was like, you guys got to give guitar lessons like between tours. I bet people would love to take and learn from you. I would, if I was good enough. And they're like, I'm not good enough to teach. I'm like, you literally are like the best guitar player in the world. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you're probably in like the top 50 guitar players in the world. Like, of course you can do it. And like a lot of people, I don't know. It, it, a, it's kind of shitty to be like, yeah, I'm sick. But like, I think there's some healthiness in like being proud of the work you're doing. And like, that's part of being in a band is like, you've decided that yeah, what you can that, offer is good enough for people to listen to. And like, as I, as I grew us in it, you know, yeah. like obviously we're we're gonna get enough out of it to where it's like we're still gonna be in it because if exactly. we hate if we if we hated everything we put out then we would quit. Yeah, know? if you didn't think it was worth sharing, yeah, then you wouldn't think it was good. There's a percentage so like, that you're into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, as as again, like I was out of the game for a really long time. I went back and listened to all the records I did. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, and I, I was really proud of like more proud of it now than I was then for sure. And like. I think cook I, I I'm like a really picky eater and I don't cook much, but like I made like a really good steak recently. Nice. And I was like, this is fucking good. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. there's nothing wrong in saying like that oh, was no. I like the I did exactly what I was supposed to do and it 
paid off. And like, yeah. I, I think, I think, I think the, like, yeah. there's a lot of, you can still be proud and still be humble and like be, be sure. willing to, to be like, yeah, I am like a great player. And I, I, I'm loving I think to when, share this with people. When it comes into like where everyone has to have a piece of the steak though, like everyone, like you're, you're going to like, it's a steak that you made, but also you have to d- distribute it to 10,000 people. You might get mm-hmm. like, well, like, uh, it's not that good. Uh, huh? Yeah, I mean, like, it's not good enough for every. A, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's I think good that's point. where it comes from. Yeah. Well, it's like, also like you know that you put every, you did everything you were supposed to do to make that steak. You pulled it out of the fridge at the right time. You had the right temperature. You used the right oil. All that shit. So it's like you know you put your work into that steak. So you're you're ready to watch people eat it. You want to eat it with them. So yeah, there there's that too. But it's just like there's that level of being totally satisfied that we're never going to hit because we keep wanting to one up the last thing we do. Yeah. I think what what I'm really just trying to get at is like, it's, it's hard for a lot of people, especially in this corner of music to like, to want to, to boast or something. But I think as a member of, of bands that I think are really good as a person who doesn't write any guitar or drums that mm-hmm. I can say like, these guys are fucking sick and I'm it's totally like with you. really, yeah. really cool to be able to be in, in the group <laughs> and like part, part of that process of seeing like who people I think are like musical geniuses delivering on, on that genius. Dude, I've, I've been in a band with fucking Joel and Casey for fucking <laughs> 15, 17 years now. And I still fucking freak out on these guys. Casey's probably the gnarliest musical genius. I've ever dealt with. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. He hates compliments, dude. No, he hates that shit. But like, like, dude, like, you'll give him like an album. He'll be like, "Oh, cool, that's cool." And like, can you put drums behind it? He'll do like in a day, like an album. He'll just be like, "Yeah, yeah," just like put drums behind it, like insanely. And like, just it's a little insane. teaser, dude. This this new Odia shit is fucking insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hear it. yeah. I'm starting to uh, to record for it. And it's. It's not chill. At it's hard. Yeah. It's 30, fuck, at, I'm sure. At 37, it's like I'm like shit, dude. I fucking should have got into like reggae. Like, like <laughs> I should be like Jake White right now. <laughs> Jake White? No, isn't no. his name Jack? No, no, no. Uh, no, uh, it's our buddy from high school. It's <laughs> our buddy oh, from high Jake school. Jake White. Okay. Jake White. He like he's like it was this chill kind of like dude back in the day, and like all of a sudden like he's in this reggae band. It's like all big, and he's just playing these reggae things. He's just chilling, all ripped all the time. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> that's a way sicker gig, dude. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's totally like um, you know, it's fun to get back into it because now you know we have an album to record now, and Carrie and Trevor and I and and uh, Casey also too, and, and this other band we're doing. Um, it's like all of a sudden we're like booking time again. I'm like, fuck. Like I'm getting like this weird like stage fright PTSD, like I don't even know, from like maybe Zach yelling at me or something. Like I'm like, <laughs> like I remember actually the the first time I actually recorded with Zach, uh the first sec first song I did, it was a song we had never played together as Odious. It was the last song on the on, on Cryptic. And I was like, I want to get the hardest one out because we've never jammed it. So I want to get the hardest one out of the way. And I have no idea what's going on, but we wrote it in a van. So I'm like, whatever, let's just do it. And uh, I started recording it, and I'm like halfway through it. I like did like you know I did like one section, and it was like the middle part, which is like fucking insane. And Zach just turns around, and says, "All, do you even know what you're doing right now?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Damn!" And I was already like had like the fucking I was like probably smoking a bunch of weed and stoned, and like all, like taking in all the fucking anxiety and stuff. But mm-hmm. then uh, we got through that song finally, and then I then I did like five or six songs one take, and I was like, "Fuck you, dude." 
I can do this shit. Like, <laughs> I know what I'm little, doing. So I'm just doing. a little backstory of what you just said. I, the, the song that he's talking about is Collapse of Recreation. Last with song. With Crip, yeah. That's the one oh, with Jarzamek. So there's all these tie-ins. The Dismaster. And when he said it was written in a van, he said it was written in a van. That was written on the Bloodletting tour. Yeah. yeah. Song, oh, sick, dude. Collapse of Recreation was written in a 15-passenger van while there he is. <laughs> <laughs> while, while Dan Eggers is just whooping everybody's ass in Mortal Kombat, Casey's in the back seat, fucking arranging yeah. collapse of recreation, dude. It was like it was one of those fucking tours too. We're, we're all excited like about it, so we like got a Battleforge Garfield, dude. Check it out, Diesel Flesh. <laughs> I never said that in the beginning. He's coffee, but uh, those are our sponsors. But uh, anyways, uh. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was, we got the like, coffee seeds of flesh. Coffee, yeah. <laughs> what did Let's we say these... earlier? What was it? Beans of flesh, deeds of beans. Beans, beans ones, of beans. Dude? But no, we got we we decided to get like a fucking beans a van with like fucking video games and like it's like band or band band van or bandwagon. Bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got like we're like super fucking green. Two. We're like whatever, dude. We're making a hundred and twenty dollars a night. We should get a fucking. We should rent a fucking van with drop down monitors and video games. Oh yeah, like, hell like, yeah, dude! I brought a booklet of PS2 games, and PS1 <laughs> games, and we fucking, dude, Eggers whooped our ass in Mortal Kombat so hard, dude. He dude, just, we were so behind in money though. That was such a that was such I a know, fucking yeah. bad thing to do. Yeah, but uh, Bandigo, Bandigo, there yeah, Bandigo, oh. Jedi grind. Yep, that was it. Bandogo. As we showed up there, were like, they're all dude, where's this dent from? I'm like, dude, that dent was there, dog. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember we were in Denver and we had a band to go and we just rolled up and like knocked someone's fucking uh, like a mirror off. And then like everyone, like, is right in front of the venue. And then everyone just looks at me and I'm just like, it's a rental. It's fine. <laughs> I remember one night after a show, we were so exhausted. We were so, 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 so tired. And one of our bandmates was driving and we pulled in with our van and trailer like into like the the check-in zone you know how they're usually under like an awning or some shit yeah, yeah. he pulls in and he crashed into the awning <laughs> and we were just like you need to go right now and we it was it was an it's econo lodge and then we called it the econo flodge and we just went boom and we d- booked it out of there but we were so tired and we had to like drive for a long time to find another hotel Jeez, <laughs> it was man it was great though touring's fun yeah, right guys touring's totally yeah. fun dude i'm stoked to get on stage it's been a long time and then yeah. it's finally cool to get up there and play these shows I think like yeah, the last show I did, I guess technically is in 2019. So like, what is that? Two years now. Going back on stage is going to be a very three, three, interesting feeling. Three years. When's the last time were you? Three years. Probably that same exact that, show. Yeah. That when show. I played a song with you guys. Yeah, that was Man. a cool show. That was, I think I think that was the show that we decided as a band, outside of Mike, that we were that was our last show. Yeah. So we played John from played a festival in like just outside of Amsterdam. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and then the faceless were also playing. So they had me come up and do a song. What did I, what did I play? Ancient ancient. Yeah. That, that was cool. That was like a, a cute little reunion and got to be on stage with that Justin. Hug. Yeah. There's a <laughs> infamous hug picture on stage <laughs> that Justin loves to bring I, up I, all the time. I love to send it to you. <laughs> But that was that was really fun. That was that was a cool show. Yeah, it was a good it was a good way to end it. 
do you remember playing with Transcend the Realm and Pomona like 2016 oh, yeah. or 17 with me? Yeah, I remember that was with, um, was it in Pomona? Yeah, with Kennedy Vale. Was also oh yeah, film. yeah the 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 album release tour that like only only ended up doing like one or two shows of because Luis had a kid. I remember that. I think yeah. that was uh, Matt, your drummer's first uh, show ever with you guys. Oh wait, okay. Yeah. On a, oh, on that tiny ass stage. PBW. Next to the, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember that. All right. Just this little story that they had the PA as a new uh, promoter, and they had the oh, PA. Oh my god one speaker of the like stereo PA was in the pizza side and it was only doing vocals. And then the other was, in the other <laughs> side. It was literally, they were just channeling like the, the fucking vocals by itself into a fucking pizzeria. It's so awesome. <laughs> it was fucking crazy, dude. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. That's so sick though, dude. Oh, that's awesome. It was a fun dude. show and you guys killed it. I remember and I got a shirt and hung out with you guys a little bit. That was, and, uh, I remember that show because I remember like they didn't have a sound guy. So yeah. I had to like, or, like I remember it took us a long time to set up because I was just trying to feed the tracks into the board and then have to run back to the stage, test it, run back to the board that was fucking all these, all these newfangled bands without stage sound. I got That's that's gonna take some getting used to. Yeah, we well, you just use like four monitors, three laptop yeah, bands, and we all were like sharing tips on how we were gonna do it. It's like, okay, what are you guys doing? Oh, this yeah, is I remember doing. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is how what we're gonna do, and like we'll we'll listen funny, and tell dude. you how it is. But I remember you guys made it work. It sounded pretty sick. So yeah, and uh, this is yeah, gonna be your to Greg too. Yeah, shout out to Greg, dude. Um, this is gonna be your first uh, show. Without stage sound, uh, yeah. Well, I guess technically with that, but that was just like one song. I think I had a really loud. Oh mix no! Too. No, you know what it was? Uh, I think that show we did with Knotfest. You didn't. You you didn't like ears. Yeah. And I remember you had to end up putting them both in because there was no stage sound. It was like a big ass stage. Yeah, that was so rough. I I don't know. It goes back to what I was saying earlier about just like feeling it through through you and like when I was playing regularly all my monitor mix would be was kick and snare yeah and so sure. like once once i was just in my ear i was like i'm so stupid it's just like yeah yeah but like yeah. out of a monitor i could like put my foot on the monitor and it's like all right it. i can feel the song is going to go to the next part now and so it's like such a different vibe but it makes a lot of sense right we're playing like extremely technical music that needs to be like yeah, it's hit at the right point it makes sense to have the in-ears i'm just like in, in my head I'm, I'm still punk rock and it's like this isn't punk rock well dude greg didn't even use in-ears like every tour we didn't greg never used in-ears he just used the, the front of, or the monitors mm -hmm. and like we were just all in ears dude i didn't maybe even start maybe plugging my ears until severed savior i would go just open ears and odious mortem Rock. Oh, damn, <laughs> absolutely nothing my ears are fucked now but i'll tell you yeah that's a mistake yeah, two. i have a deaf ear because actually you <laughs> know, when actually, you guys are talking about your monitors i'm yeah. like in your monitors i didn't even protect my ears it's like what is a monitor <laughs> so, like that was my first question <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, i get to hear what the other people are doing it's, yeah. it's like i don't want to see myself why is there a monitor there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually speaking of that there was a time at a it's a house of blues in vegas where they have like monitors like visual monitors everywhere like all throughout the bar i remember like 
I was like, it might have been on a tour we were on, but like it was the Animals Leaders was playing. But I was like playing, and I was like, I noticed there was a monitor of me like zoomed in, and I was, <laughs> and I, was st- I was like staring at it for a second, but it was like a, it was like a second delay. So I was doing a riff where it went oh, from dude. like the that's the third fret to like the like the twelfth fret and back to the third. And I was looking at the monitor, and my hand at the time <laughs> was at the third fret. But it was I looked at the screen; it was on the twelfth. I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" I'm like, yeah, dude. I was I've like, "Where that. am I at?" <laughs> yeah, you blew it, dude. Don't I've look done at that. yourself it's, while you're playing. It's so fucked up. Like I remember, remember the gas monkey. Um, oh yeah, in uh, te- Texas. Texas. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it has those big screens on each side, and dude, they just, they're peering back at you. It's hard to not see yourself. And I remember I was yeah. playing. I looked up and like. <laughs> Well, like, why am I so often I fucked up and I had to like drop out of the song and come back in? <laughs> it's like yeah. a brain fuck, dude. Oh, yeah, it is, but it kind of takes you out of yeah. It takes it's like looking at yourself playing is a thing that will take you out of your playing. So especially if there's a delay, stay in the like pocket. You're yeah, you're the fucked. delay is what fucked me. Even you're on fucked. like when I stream on Twitch, it's like I have a mild delay in my camera because it's like a cheap camera, and it's like, dude, like my shit's not lining up, and like, am I off? And I, like, I fuck up. It's like such a weird sensation. We have a crazy so delay. What do you, should we uh, raid oh, at yeah. all? It's been throwing raid, me off this whole day. Should we raid, raid Max? Who's oh up? yeah, Max yeah on we right should now? raid Max. Yeah, I'm gonna raid him right now. Dude, Max is Boom. sick. Max is dude. Max is such a fucking good guitar player. Jesus, he is so Christ. good, man. Jesus, it's like oh, it's funny because actually An anomalous, remember, yeah. anomalous. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I seen him in probably like 15 years, but I he is insane. Anomalous is so sick. No, it's, it's so funny sick, because man. I remember the uh, anomalous episode we did with uh, with Nate and him. Like he was kind of like going like whoa. He was kind of I I saw him like kind of see like whoa. People are like way into my playing. This is cr-. like we were like gushing about it, and I was like, "Dude, you're like this weird dude that just popped up in our fucking like metal like uh, upbringing, and you just disappeared." You know, gotta raid like, Max. And, and the, the, the people are speaking with a complete right. unique voice too. With hopefully, his hopefully I, did, I, did, I had to Google how to raid someone like again for like the ninth <laughs> time. Uh, <laughs> Murray always gives you shit too, like. Fuck no, click the raid that, button, dude. The, the, fir- the first yeah, time we, it was, we didn't do like, it. Right, dude. It was Joseph or something like that. It was all, dude. I raided him, dude. And then uh, next morning, like, like uh, uh, fucking Murray's all, you didn't raid him, dude. Didn't work. <laughs> 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 and, and so I, was going, I went on Twitter. You thought you did. Dude, yeah. You did, right, dude. We're all hanging out afterwards, like, fuck yeah, dude. We fucking that was a sick man. rage, bro. That was a sick <laughs> raid, brother. Waiting <laughs> <laughs> so hard. I don't yeah, dude, I'm super stoked you guys came on, dude. I mean, yeah, like, uh, Derek, obviously, you're one of my best yeah. friends of all time, and we grew up together as fucking babies. And it's like a trip to see, like, what you're doing now and fucking... And as far as, like, Justin and Scott Carstairs and stuff, like, seeing your fucking prolific Twitch thing you guys are doing, which is fucking really cool, and it's new, and it's, like, it's really ahead of its game, you know? It's, like, one of those, like, looking for an underground band, like, who's doing the next cool thing? Like, you guys are doing that with Twitch, and I, I, I fucking look up to you guys a lot and i fucking oh, i'm super glad you guys are on here man hell yeah Hope to be on here it's crazy yeah, this to, has been super fun yeah it's been hell cool yeah. to actually be a part of the conversation considering like you guys are or i'd say responsible for me even going this route with metal so like thank you for for don't fucking writing don't, sick, flip, don't flip i'm it serious dude i'm being real <laughs> <laughs> that's right dude that's super that's awesome, rad. Man. and yeah that's what it is it's like we're we're all folding in on each other and trying to build everybody up, dude. That's what it is. 
That's, that's what it's all about. To the point where we're what the this is like the second win for for our generation. And we're we're hanging out with the new generation, and we're fucking continuing making new shit. There's uh fuck man, Derek. Oh, that's what I was gonna say, Derek. You were on my list of people that I wanted to get on the show for the longest time because I always thought about homies and and history and and nostalgia, and you've always been on my list. So I'm glad. Awesome. Well, yeah, dude. Once again, super stoked to be here. I probably have been like not hesitant, but just been like MIA because like I'm not necessarily a podcast listener, but this has been super fun and like look forward to your guys's episodes and just like seeing other friends and learning about music through all this it's it's really cool so nice thank you guys for having us and like yeah thank you man we're we're just really stoked because like it's a new you know shows are starting up again we've got new tunes coming out we got shows coming up we got people to see songs to play yeah there Hell they yeah, are. Yeah, we'll be at guys. all the California shows. I believe Hell it's yeah. uh, May May twenty fourth through May twenty seventh. Um, this this tour is fucking awesome. Like if Dude. we're talking about like, it, yeah, it's almost weird. weird to call like this the I next mean, generation because like Rivers have four records at least, and like um, Alluvial dropped like the most sickest like yeah. sounds like a eighth record out of a very seasoned band, mm-hmm. and Alluvial's amazing. So there's just like the the level of talent on this tour is one that I'm really excited for and just like feel pretty fortunate that we get to be a bit. And also part shout of it. out Absolutely. to uh, Jason Nitz and Warforge for being. Oh on yeah. That. Warforge that, is sick. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know those guys. I listened to the record and it was fucking awesome. Uh, but I don't know so any sick. of them personally. So like if, if anybody dude, on there, Jason, let's, dude, let's dude, chill. Sick, dude. The, the drummer of that band, you're going to have an awesome time with that. Dude. Yeah. Jason's and, a homie. And he's going to he's he's try to get you on his podcast, by the way. Now you said that. he's got a podcast. I'll, I'll he's been on, we've he's done his podcast. He's been on our shit and he's super sick dude you're stoked awesome well can't wait to see you all there at all Fuck of our yeah. cali shows oh yeah dude you. we would definitely dude. see you i might follow you around like a fucking steve-o at a fucking deadhead <laughs> show come out dude do you ever dude, just dude share watch, share what watch, you sell watch you come up with but it's not a book of acid it's like uh what what would you accumulate over that that the parking lot of that show oh a book of fucking like i don't know like fucking mustard. like gummy worms a book of taco bell's season packet probably probably <laughs> like sour gummies or weed yeah. weed nugs i'm always no. sour gummies dude sour gummies are the shit um did i, did I raid before we do this did i do dude, it okay? I'll I don't pa- know what that even means, man. Okay. So you, I know, you I'm slash raid in <laughs> All right. I'm going to be at one of those shows. I'm going to beer bong a Juritos. Hell yeah. <laughs> let's dude. do a real beer bong, bong too. Juritos, bro. Yo, the I'm Berkeley show is the last date of it. So let's uh, turn up. Oh, turn I'll be up, there. Dude. I'll be there for sure. Battery oh, yeah. packs. It actually, he said no, Joel. I didn't. Uh, what's your flavor? Jesus, what's your Juritos flavor, dude? That you, I, like, you I like guava. Dude, oh, shit. lime is the one for me, dude. Just classic lime, classic lime or tamarind. I know these favorites tamarind. I hate tamarind. tamarind. Orange soda, the mandarin. That's what's up, dude. Yeah, that one's. I mean, they're all bomb. Hell yeah! Oh, we got another tamarind fan on it. That's what's up. Sorted down for the tamarind. We wrap it. Should we wrap it, guys? Wrap it up. We got we got a sandwich to eat. I'm trying to raid though. Yeah, you gotta type it in your in your. If you're if you're not on OBS, just go to the top right where your picture is. I'm on the Twitch the Twitch of uh, Max's right now. Okay, so go back to your if you're logged in on Twitch, go to the top right. Dog, 
Can we edit this part out? Like, what's going on? <laughs> no, no, no. I want to talk about <laughs> all this shit. I want all this awkward Survive, shit. bro. Joel's on, on blast right now. <laughs> if you if you go to the top right and you hit creator dashboard. Yeah, creator dashboard, yeah. So hit that and then um, you'll see like uh, what looks like a parachute on the on the right side. It says raid channel. Listen, let's raid now. this one from yes. yours. Now I know I'm why Joel it. doesn't know what the fuck to do. I, I can't says, understand says, a about word me you're saying right this, now. Uh, I heard parachute and I'm like, what? All right, shut up, dude. We're, we're fucking <laughs> <laughs> fucking eight mid thirties DM dudes walk into a <laughs> Twitch stream. <laughs> <laughs> However many of us there are here, that's fucking Amazing. good, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, I, I don't know. I don't see. It says about me alerts video extensions. Okay, so if you go to the top right where your picture is, and then yeah, you go to stream manager. Just stay in stream manager, and then there's like a parachute on the right side, and it says raid channel. Or if you could just go into your text, uh, your chat in your channel. Yeah, I did the backslash raid. Uh, yeah, and then type out max, in. and then you hit enter, and it should raid it. <sighs> All right. Anyways, guys. Wow. This supposedly, was... <laughs> supposedly, according to the fucking Murray, we didn't do it. He's laughing at me. <laughs> But, uh, we haven't done it. Obviously, we're all sitting in the same room still. No, this is uh, the separate from that. But oh. I think let's see, is it still on? I'm, I'm still yeah, hosting I you guys. See what today. Max is doing, dude. I want Max to get the things. You know, I don't know. I mean, you want him to get the things, dude. <laughs> we can, We'll definitely edit this out of the. I mean, if Casey's Why? Down, we'll edit this no, out of the man. We don't need edit no. shit, dude. Whatever. <laughs> it's what it's all about. It's dude. part of the deal. Figuring it out. Okay, so well, you if you go to your, yeah, if you go to. <laughs> If you go to your okay stream manager and there's like activity feed and this is my chat, okay, huh, yeah. like if you if, if you can get to your text channel, uh, and your chat, Joel looks so confused. I, I honestly I know how you feel okay, because Twitch uh, is very very career dashboard. Yeah, create yeah. your stream manager. It's like the very top tab on the left side for stream manager. Oh, left side. <laughs> <laughs> He's not looking over to the right. Dude, BattleforgeCoffee.com. No dude. stream manager. All right, if I drank coffee, that's the coffee I would drink. That no. Would <laughs> <laughs> do they make? Uh, uh, do they make tea guy? for for brewing kombucha? Oh, I love coffee. Oh dude. shit! Well, I, they probably I've done might this before. Move into that, so you're not a coffee dude, guy or a tea guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a kombucha guy. I'm gonna share my screen. Also, real quick. Yeah. I haven't never made like actually done the homemade shit though. I just buy. Dude, I'm, I'm gonna bring you a kit. To Berkeley, easy. It's easy shit. That's what my cousin says too. She makes it herself too. But brew I some tea, you put some sugar, and you dump the little fungus boy in there, and you're you're off to the races. Two weeks How later, long? you got some booch. Two weeks. That's what it is. It takes two All weeks, right. and then you gotta bottle it and, and ferment it again. And, uh, ah, okay. That's where you put the flavor in, and the carbonation happens. Do you, do you oh, see so my screen? Natural carbonation. It naturally mm-hmm. carbonates. No. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh yeah. Interesting. All right, so we go right here. It says creator dashboard. <laughs> creator. Da- oh, I see it. Yeah. All right. I'm doing one thing. And then see stream managers right here. Yep. So, and then there's this thing looks like a parachute. Says raid channel. Oh yes. You click that, <laughs> and then it shows oh, you like pretty much everyone you follow. And then you I just click started. them. I started. Thank oh. you, sir. Dude, oh, you, yeah. you're. Thank you very much. Savior. Tech support. 
tech support. Yeah. I'm, I'm in IT too. That's a fucking embarrassing. But, uh, <laughs> Dude, Twitch is very confusing. It's now do it successfully and let's watch Marie say yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for being on, dude. We're fucking yeah, wrap dude. it up here. Yeah, dude, this is awesome. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, you guys. Those, those of you who watch, watch, we'll see you on the road. Yeah, fucking yeah, dude. Um, where, where can everybody buy your merch? I know we should have said that up top. Fuck. You can go to any merch. Yeah, Big Cartel. Damn. <laughs> Damn, Joel. Really had already, if, redemption right there. If like anybody out there who's listening has got a copy of solipsist on vinyl that they want to sell me uh, holler at your boy i have i have oh, one yeah. I'll, I'll sell it to you all right i'll Let's buy just damn to you. connections made craigslist ever that was all right sick. guys love you guys have yeah. a good night nice you, man peace, yeah. peace out, guys.